0: Hey everyone, my name is River Villy from Legit Cool, and today we have a very special episode. We are finally on the other side of Spider-Man No Way Home. If it's your first time here, then welcome to Legit Cool. This is where I talk all things movies. I review, recap I speculate banter, share all our great ideas on one jam-packed episode, and the only way I can do that is by inviting my special <laughs> geeky friends. I'm joined today by JC. Yo. What up, what JC? Up?
1: It's early in the morning. Are you? A, it's, uh, are you awake? I, I am very awake, but uh, my body's not really here. But we'll get there.
0: That's okay. Where it's we're going to pretend it's kind of like a moment that um, Spidey has with Doctor Strange, where your spirit is leaving your <laughs> body, but it's coming back. Um, we're also joined by Nathan, Sammy.
2: Yo, hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> I'm mean, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm actually surprisingly
0: not that tired. I've had two days to recover from our <laughs> initial screening and in uh, midnight screening, and it's uh, I'm feeling good today. I'm feeling pretty good.
2: That's good, man. I feel like uh, I'm um, I'm a little ragged, but I'm also I had a few days to recover, but I'm also just uh, just um, fatigued, spidey fatigued from all the good. You're stuff. all out. Yeah, I'm all spidey out. I'm also, this is my second time podcasting and the first time <laughs> podcasting in a car. I thought it'd be appropriate to give my partner some space on a Saturday morning. So I, love um, I feel like Andrew Garfield because I've, I've got my hands hanging uh, pressed against the ceiling of the car in this tiny little capsule. Um, yeah, it's, it's good.
0: Good. <laughs> just so the listeners know, we're all in uh remote locations again, the same way that we did the recap for Marvel Phase Four. Um, and Nathan's literally in the car. He's like ready to <laughs> ready to drive. Maybe you should like just drive while you're doing the podcast. That'll be some
2: epic that would be like cool. multitasking right there. Um be like Jerry Seinfeld, comedians in cars getting coffee, except it's Nerds and coffee,
0: <coughs> nerds and
3: coffee,
0: getting coffee, <laughs> nerds and nerds getting coffee and podcasting. So, without further ado, I'm just gonna um, roll through the intro really, really quick so we can go through this monster of an review. <laughs> so good spider-man no way home this is huge this is very very big are you
1: guys ready
2: to <laughs> take this on we're so ready
1: let's go but but there's no way home so we ain't taking it home <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is true this is true so uh i just want to take all the listeners through what we're going to be talking about in this film oh sorry in this review um A big, big warning this is a massive spoiler review. We're not going to do a typical (laughs) 10 15 minutes of non spoilery stuff when it comes to this because I just feel like we won't have anything to talk about if we did a non spoiler section. Would you agree with that? There's just everything that we really want to review in this is all spoiler filled, so we're not going to waste anybody's time and give you a non spoiler. So if you haven't actually seen the movie, I don't know why you're still here, press (laughs) pause and see the film like immediately right now the, the internet is flooded with spoilers so you should have already seen it by now or if you haven't just pause this episode and make sure you come back to it after seeing the film so the way we're going to do this is we're going to break it up into three sections the first section is going to cover a certain amount of the movie so let's say from the beginning up until say 20-25 minutes into the film And then from there, we'll go to the chunk or the biggest, not the biggest, but like the middle chunk of the film. And then we'll cover the last half of of the movie as well. And then after that, we'll list um, our Easter eggs. I've actually got a massive list of Easter eggs here. Um, And I'm going to get the boys to (laughs) throw in whatever Easter eggs I've missed out on. And then we'll have a little bit of a discussion on that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about our favorite scenes, favorite characters, the best reveals. <clears throat> Toby Maguire, <laughs> um, and and then we'll just give our final thoughts on it. We'll conclude it with um, our rating. Maybe if you guys have also uh, thought about where it ranks in your MCU entire, <laughs> it's it's number one. Because um, <laughs> because I've clearly I've got a very clear idea of where it sits in my ranking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then we we'll, that's how we'll close out the episode.
3: Cool. Uh, well, this is going
0: to be pretty fun. This is going to be very, very fun. Um, I just going to give a quick, uh, synopsis just, um, as I'm reading here, just so everybody knows, cause I like to do facts about the, about the film. Spider-Man No Way Home for the first time in the cinematic history of Spider-Man, our friendly neighborhood hero's identity revealed, bringing the superhero responsibilities into conflict with his normal life and putting those those he cares most at risk actually i don't even have the full screen up sorry my bad <laughs> uh those he cares most at risk uh when he enlists dr strange helped to restore his secret the spell tears up a hole in the world releasing the most powerful villains who have ever fought spider-man in any universe now peter will have to encourage his greatest challenge yet oh sorry overcome his greatest challenge yet which will not only forever alter his own future, but the future of the Marvel of the multiverse. Is directed by John Watts. This is his third time doing Spider-Man, so he's completing his Spider-Man trilogy by doing this. Produced by Kim and Amy, Amy Pascal. The writers are Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. I'm, I believe Chris McKenna is the only one to do all three. I don't think Eric Summers did all three. Um, released on the seventeenth, and we got to see it on Wednesday night. It runs for two and a half hours, or specifically two hours and twenty-eight minutes. Uh, what else? Do want? I don't want to explain the class because because I think everybody knows the cast, and I think we should just get right into it. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> uh, just right off the bat, what were your
1: first impressions straight out of the film?
2: Jason, go <laughs> at,
1: at two thirty in the morning. Two thirty in the morning, and, and you and I know because uh, for those that are listening in. River and I stayed back. Well, sorry, Nathan <laughs> accompanied us up until this point because he had to go to work. But River and I stayed out. Uh, we, the movie finished at 2.30. We went home at like 4.30 in the morning or 5. I got home at like 5 something. So we were buzzing and talking oh, man. Uh, out in the middle of like King's Cross. Yeah,
0: I think I think we <laughs> stopped up. talking at 4.30 because I remember looking at my, my phone and I was like, wow, I might as well just stay up. Might as well just go home, cook <laughs> breakfast, uh, make some
1: coffee. <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot to unpack, uh, you know. And even after that first initial screening, I, I think I could speak for a lot of people and say that you know we lost some of the dialogue because of all the screaming and roaring from the crowds. And That ain't a bad thing, but that,
0: um, it's it, true. That isn't a bad thing. But yes, I we we clearly lost a lot of dialogue from all the screaming and
3: shouting.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I don't expect, you know, even on subsequent visits now, like people people who are seeing it for the first time are going to scream as well. Um, I have spoken to a few people and they've said that, you know, everyone in their uh, audiences has screamed out as well. So it's not just the Midnight fans, it's like everyone, which is really, really great to hear. But wow, that's uh, – I'll say just wow for now because okay, um, that's that's that, is a, <laughs> that is a movie that has uh, been a long time coming, I think I, I would say that. And uh, it delivered – Maybe not one hundred percent, but it delivered like a, a lot of great things for the community.
2: Mm, I love That's that. That's all for me. That's good. I love that. Nate? oh, uh, from from finishing the movie, uh, <laughs> the first like if I went through my Spidey senses, uh, I had this incredible Nathan tingle uh, just uh, with <laughs> anticipation uh, and also. A lot of theory crafting for the future coming out of it, but I remembered because again it was three thirty in the morning. I think when we finished the movie, we were in the midnight screening at George Street Cinemas, and I was like, "Man, we are in a very sweaty, nerdy, smelling room right now." Uh, and was anybody giving off a stench? There was actually yeah. there was a, a communal stench. I was standing <laughs> right next to the river, so I don't want to, you know. Hey,
0: don't, don't,
2: don't, don't oust me, man, don't ask me. But I, um, I, I think I was just, uh, emotionally overwhelmed, uh, by, um, just so many beats, so many twists, so many reveals, uh, and also just so much, um, distilling of who Spider-Man is into one, uh, one film in such a, in such a great way that I was, yeah, I was just, um, I was just uh in a very good place but I was also yeah. distraught and fatigued. I was everything uh, I love at the moment. That. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me my first impressions were I, I speechless. That's my first impression is speechless and I I not I don't know how to react to this because um, I'm also like you know not new to this type of reaction either. I knew that I was going to feel like this if the movie was going to be overwhelming. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to have words to piece together, um, but yeah, very speechless. Uh, loved it a lot. The best Spider-Man film ever, in my opinion, literally the best. Uh, before this, it probably would have been Homecoming, and then Spider-Man Two from the from the Raimi universe is a close second to Homecoming. Um, but, yeah, this is by far... Oh, I don't know by far, but um, definitely the best Spider-Man film. Uh, and, yeah, just speechless. I just don't... Yeah. But now I'm not speechless because we've had time to digest everything. We've had time to process everything. So why don't we just, like, start from the first section? You know, the way, the way um, John Watts decides to open this is by that kind of back-to-back continuation from Far From Home. Mm. Um, we see Spider-Man right in the middle of the city, or he's on top of like a lamppost. Um, not a lamppost, but like one of those street lights, And he's just freaking out. And I love the fact that um, we still get that moment from the end of Far From Home, where uh, Mysterio reveals him um, out to the public, and and then spider-man goes to swear but then it's in far from home it's it's uh blotted out by credits which is the same way it was that's kind of a callback to homecoming remember homecoming finished off Mm. with aunt may swearing but it but it gets um blocked out blocked out by the credits whereas in this time the way it opens it now gets blocked out by a horn Mm. um from the traffic (laughs) which is perfect it's absolutely perfect so so that whole sequence of um and the world knowing it's kind of like the world paparazzi is all bombarding Spider-Man and MJ. Um, how did you guys think of, what do you guys think about the whole intro? Like just in that one section, it goes for about two minutes, maybe.
1: It, 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 I'm glad that they c- connected it directly um, on, and you see the, uh, what's the word? Immediate impact of their, a relationship and their their status of where they are. So, Um, you know, they're getting questioned, they're getting, you know, uh, I wouldn't say attacked, but, you know, they're getting harassed and, you know, it's, they're still young and it's just like, all right, you know, everything's up in the air. What do we do now? And, you know, you see him flee and, um, try to come up with a plan on the Mm -hmm. side. But, um, you know, that initial reaction is to not fight, but to, to flee. And that's an interesting response being a superhero, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's, your identity now and someone else, there are other things at stake and, you know, it's not just about good versus evil. Mm.
2: Yeah. That's a good Mm. point. I think, uh, like, uh, this is like a core concept in like civil war, not the movie, but in the comics and that sense of, uh, and this is a theme for the movie is Spider-Man and identity. And then Peter Parker and identity. I love, uh, that this really shows Peter's age uh, comparative to, you know, end of 2008, Iron Man is, I'm Iron Man, Tony Stark at a press conference, and and this here is like, bam, oh my gosh, my world is like shattered, everything I know is going to change, um, mm, yeah. it, this is a Spider-Man who's already been through five films, <laughs> four mm. and a half, and um, half a civil war, is what I'm saying, uh, and, <laughs> um this Spider-Man's also, like, been to space. But at the same time, this is, like, just groundbreaking. And I love that the crawl, uh, the Marvel uh, logo crawl, is just playing those last few minutes of audio from from Far From Home. And uh, the first thing you see is Jake Gyllenhaal's mysterious face. And, like, that, I think that just really sets this, like, tone in the same way that Hawkeye losing his family at the beginning of Endgame set the tone for that film was yeah "Yeah, this isn't your normal space and this is a scary New York and I really love that they did that because generally in Marvel everyone and all of the people love Avengers but in Spider-Man's story he's always the outcast and how do you portray that in a world where he's an Avenger so brilliant, brilliant, just love it and I love that there was a Karen first First person on the scene was a Aaron right, trying to rip right. off his mask. That was like wild. He hit me, he hit me,
3: he hit me. <laughs> Did, you <see? laughs> Did you see? Did you see? Did you see?
2: And that's just you know, that's just good tone setting for the whole film, I think, and for that sense of desperation that Peter's already under. Which just yeah. gets worse from there. So yeah.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. You know, the funny thing is like straight after that moment where that Karen jumps in. It'd be funny, it'd be funny if it like her actual um, name was Karen. character was called Karen or her real life name was called Karen. But immediately after that when he's swinging away, I don't know if you noticed or if you guys remember uh, there's a guy that tries to jump and grab his leg, and he just like yes, he just completely like jackass bails. You know, like whoa! It would have been really cool, cool to see like the edit away from that. <laughs> it was
2: like, what kind of pe- it's Spider Man? Like it's Spider Man. What are you like, gonna are do, doing? Doing,
0: dude? What are you doing? <laughs> funny, it would be interesting to know if he was just a fan and wanted to like fanboy against. I are mean, be with Spider Man, you know, like yeah. you know, that whole kind of grabbing the famous person or you know, Mm. you wanted to actually take him down. I thought that was such a really cool scene, but um, I do. The the thing that I really love about this scene is that it's upbeat. You know, they, this, the creative choice around the song. And I really want to get this song, by the way, can somebody look up like what that song is that's playing in the background? It's a funk track. It's,
2: Oh, for the start of it. For the start of it? Yeah. It's 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 a fun track that's
0: probably from the 80s. If someone can look it up for me, that'll be amazing because I really want that track. And um, I love the choice. I I love that musical choice because it's giving us a sense of urgency without putting us into panic, Mm. right? It puts us into that comfortable, fun, playful Spider-Man energy and vibe but it's also upbeat enough for us to be like, okay, this is a little bit of a panic. This is a bit of a stressful situation. Mm. And you're right, Nathan. I love the fact that you did that whole kind of contrast between um, the differences and how Peter Parker is dealing with this, how he he doesn't voluntarily reveal himself. Um, and so he gets into like this crazy panic. And then we go back to St- Tony Stark in 2008. He he proudly wants to reveal himself to the world, <laughs> and so here's a different way of dealing with that. You know, you have the um, adult dealing with that, and then you have the um, the teenager dealing with that. So it's it's awesome. Like the way he swings through the entire city with that music in the background, it was it was such a piece of character for me. That I was like, man, I'm loving this intro. It's such a great intro. And when we're watching mm-hmm. it for the second time yesterday, I was just I was just like bathing it. You know, I was like I was dancing away to it. I mean, not full on dancing away to it, but it was just it was such a fun way to intro the film oh, for sure. and then of course like we see some of our first easter eggs there as well you know with the uh rogers musical steve rogers musical all plastered across new york which is fascinating because um this is like right in the summer of new york so and usually broadway shows don't really play during the summer but we can kind of <laughs> and and I think anybody that's going to pick out on these details might go, uh, Broadway shows don't actually play during the summertime. But um, um, I guess the defense of that would be that it's a Broadway show that's been going on for like months and months and months, right? And, and maybe everybody in New York would just really, really want to see uh, an Avengers satire or not a satire, but like an homage and a celebration of um, their most loved heroes, I suppose. but yeah that whole trans, that whole scene was just an incredible way for us to get back into um what this world is this homecoming world and then from there we see the consequences uh start to they they start to sort of ripple and long effects towards his friends and his family you know his friends um start to get impacted in a way that it it ruins their future for university and you know the family dynamics within the apartment was actually such an interesting thing because we have two things happening there we have uh, the family dealing with the exposure of spider-man's identity but also happy and aunt may <laughs> also dealing with their breakup that seems to be a big deal <laughs> to happy hogan but it's not a big deal to Aunt may because she's like oh there's a near fling and we flung <laughs> um you know, let's let's go to that scene where they're in the apartment and and everything is a little bit chaotic, but they're trying to like Peter's trying to calm it down and he's trying to distract them from what's happening outside the window. Um, did you guys notice some of the Easter eggs in there as well when it comes to his t-shirt?
2: Uh, what was on his t-shirt again? It oh, was um... his
0: t-shirt is it says "I Survived New York."
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. That's uh, that's the t-shirt that he wore in Homecoming. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, remember when he took the suit off him he and he got in the yeah. t-shirt? Yeah.
1: Right. Yes. Okay, missed that one.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And Happy Hogan is actually really, really good at playing the broken, the heartbroken, like, boyfriend. <laughs> even even <laughs> if it's, like, a fling boyfriend. Um, it actually reminds me of his old films, like, Swingers. I don't know if you guys have seen Swingers. No.
2: But um, no, no. he
0: deals with heartbreak in that as well. <laughs> and he does it. So, that's an old movie. That's a very old movie, okay. and he looks very, very different.
2: Sorry, guys, I'm a bit younger than you fellas. So, just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, I mean that, that the way they stage that whole apartment sequence is so cool. Even the camera work in that is really cool. I love the whole kind of continuous shot from the bedroom and all the way into the hallway.
2: Mm. Um, that's yeah. all really well crafted. And even the um just that sense of urgency comes through in. Peter trying to close all the windows, MJ closing the doors, and like all these people, mm. like even there was like a, a neighbor in the, in the front door. already yeah, opening yeah, the yeah. apartment, there's... just like shutting the door on him.
0: Right, there's like really good coordination amongst everybody. Everybody's participating super well, and 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 Happy's just completely oblivious. You know, he's he's supposed to be the security guard. He's supposed to be super aware of what's going on, yeah. but um, all he all he really cares about is the fact that they're
1: broken up. And, oh, and also, remember his password is password, yeah. right? So he's not very good with security.
2: Bro, his Password His is password. password. That uh, is so funny. Head, head, forehead of security, but he also um, he also <laughs> is um, awkward and like almost a bit stepdaddy or like like not Iron Man, but like another father surrogate for Peter. Which you remember, like feeling mm-hmm. in far far from home when he's in the in the jet and getting. Peter, all the equipment so that Peter can build his new Spidey suit. Like that sense of fatherliness. Mm. And it's also just so fatherly of him to walk in on Peter and MJ thinking that they're, you know, doing what teenagers do. And I just uh, freaking love that. I was That's a very good point. So yeah, he, he does
0: like do that whole fatherly thing and you're walking in on him and he's like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. And then Outmate kind of does the same thing, but then she's like, Oh, MJ, MJ I've, I've
2: never met you. actually, yet. yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I actually like totally forgot that she's never actually met MJ. Mm. um mm. so that was a really cool um uncomfortable moment and mj you know she plays that respectful parent thing and she's like she's very nervous she's like oh really nice to meet you mm. she's got such a nice little grin not a grin but she's got a nice uh welcoming smile yeah. um, for a stranger and has the utmost respect for art may man freaking Aunt may's awesome as well Aunt Aunt may.
2: oh my mm. god the energy in this it's just like
0: cool sexy auntie (laughs) yeah cool sexy auntie but also very mature and she's also she's also got that like heroic um aura to her yeah and we see a lot of that more so when we get to those critical
1: moments uh when she even when she dies i feel like she she represents like a generation like god i don't even know how old she is now but like
0: she might be in her her mid-40s
1: or late 40s like And I think that's representative to, like, our society now. Like, back in the day, 40-year-olds would dress a very different way. Yeah. Whereas, as we're getting older, I mean, we're close to our 40s. Well, some of us are. (laughs) Um, We dress maybe a little bit different to older generations that have come before Mm. us. So, I think that was a good modernization of anime. True. Yeah. Uh, Compared to your Sally Field.
2: um, Who played? I can't remember who played the... uh, Rain. The Raimi one, but she was amazing, man. Oh, I can't yeah. remember who played the Raimi
0: respect. one. I mean, I only remember Uncle Ben from the Raimi trilogy. So. Oh,
2: whoa! Well, <laughs> so, um, uh, so say we all. Battlestar Galactica.
0: Martin Jean's the
2: Ben Uncle Ben from Garfield era. Yes, but the yeah. uh, original Uncle Ben is the um, commander in Battlestar Galactica, and he's is he? uh, he's amazing. <laughs> oh,
0: is he? I hope I, I
2: hope I got that right. People will. Correct me. I'm sure
1: they will. They'll correct you in the comments. Live comments, or they'll yeah. stop listening to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, um... I just uh, I just threw a link into our chat notes just for everyone listening about the the soundtrack. Uh, oh, for okay, so we okay, will, okay. We will we okay. will dig it up because I actually I must have tuned out of that part because I didn't I didn't remember the the song. Oh, oh that's fascinating
0: because it was such a it was such a. Um, it was such an obvious piece of character for me I was like man that's the song is great like i realized it in the midnight screening but then i just i enjoyed it far more in the second screening mm. yeah so like from there we go to their high school right um we get into the high school and everybody is surrounding him everybody's got their phones out they've almost got like a red carpet ceremony towards their um into the school but it's not a red carpet i guess it's like a it's a barricade it's a barricade and a black Mm. black carpet or something
2: yeah a protest for and against spider-man on either side it's funny
0: yeah that's what i loved about this it it was a protest for and against you have a bunch of fans inside the audience uh from the school i remember the the guy the really camp guy with the long hair um, the, the black American guy, and he's like,
3: there I love you. there I love you. there I love you."
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. It was such a, and I was like nudging to Jim next to me, <laughs> like Jim, that is so you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he probably wouldn't like that I um, asked him like that,
3: but um,
2: do it, for yeah, it. do it.
0: For... <laughs> oh yeah, that that was another Easter egg as well. We got the door flip guy um in the background. Yes, um, <laughs> it was such an obvious piece, but like. It, it probably would have went over some people's heads uh because of all the energy and the hype in the audience mm-hmm. but um i noticed that the first time we saw that funny thing is though how is the door flip guy how is he also in san francisco <laughs> like what is he doing in san francisco yeah. you know when it comes to shane chi like he's the guy that does the live um the live moment on the bus
2: I think because like, I, I, I said that to River and I was like oh I guess we don't really have an exact time stamp on Shang-Chi we true we don't have an exa- exact so maybe time he stamp was on, on his, his way to the airport and I mean bus. it could have been anything like maybe he's on <laughs> holiday I don't know whatever
0: <laughs> um and I, I guess it doesn't matter but yes, yeah, so, so we go in from there into the hallway and I love how the piece of introduction back to the characters from far from home that the teachers um, the two teachers and the, and the PE gym. teacher, the gym teacher. <laughs> um I love the way we get to meet them again and like it, it's it fits in so well with their character where they're like, Oh yeah, so we um the students made a shrine
2: and he's like, No, no, you made the shrine. Right, <laughs> you made <right>. everything. Oh, <laughs> uh, for sure. I, it like with and and with the PE teacher, a common theme of phase four and the post split world is um what are consequences, and and it's actually funny because it comes from um, is is his name the lizard? Just the lizard? Yeah, uh, the lizard. The lizard. The one of the villain, yeah. the lizard says that where it's like there are consequences for actions, and it's um, yeah, interesting um... because that's a theme of phase four where you have Wanda's actions, which she hasn't really gotten the consequences of yet. Uh, mm. You then have Falcon and Winter Soldier, and like even the the refugees, uh, the um, flag smashers, and they're like the globe was better before, during the blip. Uh, And then you have Hawkeye, Thanos was right. And now you have Mysterio was right. And I love this uh, of um, a divide that's happening in the world, which I think is a bit of um, commentary on the world at large right now, where we are becoming bipartisan, we are becoming left and right, we are becoming uh, unable to talk to each other, and mm-hmm. um, and you have these three teachers, one of whom's fanboying hard, one of whom's like, Yes, Mr. Parker, like this is your space, and you know, we cultivate heroes. Yeah. And then we have another guy's like, Yeah, you're a murderer. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: Mysterio
0: was right, Mysterio was right, right, murderer. <laughs> yeah. right. It's a good like jump between those three characters.
2: And I think his um, the teacher who was a chaperone in Far From Home, he said he said about the PE teachers, like, oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. And it's like, ooh, like, <laughs> that dismissal of each other. That I think that's going to lead somewhere further into phase four and five. It, to be yeah, honest. maybe.
0: I mean, the only kind of disappointing part, I mean, it's not really a disappointment. It's just something that I noticed is that I love these characters and I wanted to see more of them in the film. But that's literally the only time we mm. see them in mm-hmm. the entire film. And, and I guess it probably would have made the whole story a bit chunky if they were... If they were throwing it, and as we see the story unfold, and by the time we get to the end of it, it it probably wouldn't have made any sense for them to participate in the film. Yeah, so we, you know, that's when the consequences start to build on top of each other. Is when we see how he reacts to the school, and how the school reacts to him, and then he immediately goes to his safe haven, his safe space, his safe space up on the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a bit of a dialogue between, is a bit of a dialogue between him and MJ. And I like how this, like, this is kind of the first calming moment that we get for the film. You know, we go from a little bit of a high octane energy moment and everything's a little bit chaotic. We've addressed all of that. And we notice that the world is just... And when I say the world, we're really just talking about New York. <laughs> you know, the world doesn't exist outside New York City, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, and
2: they we even go from... Like, we can just move to Boston. <laughs> they've, they've got crime in Boston, but it's like, dude, just Spider-Man. People would be the same there, right? Like...
0: It's true, mm-hmm. true, true. I actually thought they were going to, like, riff on Chicago having the most crime or something like that and say, no, let's go to sh- Chicago instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 we're gotham
2: of the real world
0: <laughs> it's literally the gotham of the real world um <laughs>
2: love you um, chicago we love you <laughs> we love you chicago we're we Chicago. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah imagine if it turns out hey, like the biggest statistic of listeners come from chicago
3: um
0: yeah so we're on that rooftop and things get a little bit common i think this is where i start to really appreciate where John Watts is taking the pace of the film, you know, we're going from these very high levels of stress and we're coming down and we're just taking a moment to breathe a little bit. And I love that. And it's it's such a perfect moment for us to breathe as an audience when they're having a bit of a moment together. And then it's immediately interrupted by Ned. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I love that the whole, the, the focus, not really, just at the center of the story, but the main focus of characters is Ned, MJ, and Peter, and mm. it's perfect because these guys are best friends. Mm. Even though Ned plays the third wheel, he's a good third wheel, and he's funny, and he he's always going to add that piece
1: of levity anytime that we see all three of them on the screen. Mm. And I think that's that's something to add is that the previous Spider-Man films they didn't have a Scooby gang. Mm. And this is what really makes it stand out because, you know, Peter's young and growing up, um, you know, he has friends to face the world with. I mean, aside from the Avengers, but he has people that he can relate with that he cares about um, that he grew up with. And, uh, you know, having that, having their stories, even though it isn't really fleshed out until maybe like, you know, no way home, but you see them, you know, MJ grow, you see Ned grow um, obviously, which we'll cover later, but, to have them together as a group, you know, really, I think makes this trilogy stand out from the others um, because Peter was always kind of not—I wouldn't say alone—but he was almost like this one-man show, mm. and now he's got a team. Mm. So the guy in the chair, the guy <laughs> in the
0: chair, yeah. Well, which is going back to Homecoming, I think. Yeah, he's the yeah.
2: guy in the chair. <laughs> yeah, uh, which oh, and and it's also uh, something which. It's the energy of a uh, Harry, Ron, and Hermione for this generation, which, I think what the, that, which was where I was sitting with it. Where their right. dynamics uh, enable them to play off each other; they each have their own strengths. Uh, right. I think the characterization of these three and this is stronger in some ways than I'm going to say it. Then Harry, Ron, and Hermione, particularly in later films, <laughs> one really let the team down. But right. but I think there's, that- there's
0: a Harry Potter listener going shit right now he's
2: like yeah, oh my cool. god, harry cool. god. Cool. i'm a harry potter stan <laughs> as well guys wait till i do my own podcast which is uh legit magic i, don't know. I, th- I think these guys are <laughs> legit one. we'll talk legit about oh not- <laughs> <Whoa! laughs> <laughs> but but um that again that spider-man identity stuff and the peter parker identity stuff i think the this trio is super core to that and the outcome of this film the consequences that come from uh, the end of this film, also play into that. There's a separation of Peter from the people he loves, uh, from Aunt May all the way through to MJ and Ned. And mm-hmm. um, and that's just, uh, again, some really beautiful characterization. And I love that this film really takes its moment in the history of the MCU to tell stories it can only tell right now. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Ned and MJ aren't going to be in the picture in the next story for spider-man mm-hmm. to some degree mm-hmm. like they're still going to be around but that's going to be a different story for peter so we have to take those two characters right now and really impress um everything that needs to be impressed about their relationship True. with peter now that um, is a yeah, it's very cool a very, point. very cool yeah
0: like the on that rooftop scene you know they're they're trying to figure out what they're going to do what's the next move you know what what's the next piece of the puzzle that we need to try and figure out in order for us to get over this. And, and then this is only really prompted by the fact that they're trying to get into university together. Right. Um, they've, they've sent out all the applications. I think they do like four applications or something like that. Um, and they're trying to think that we can start a new life together. Mm. Um, which is such a pivotal moment because, they don't know what's going to happen obviously in the next two hours they have no idea they just Mm. think that let's just start a new life when we go to university right but then that gets slipped on its head when they realize they'd never get accepted and this is when the consequences really start to ramp up is that because now the world knows about spider-man and who his identity is the biggest shocking thing for the world is that he's a kid right he's a kid that has supposedly murdered a hero in their eyes remember mysterio was a he, he was a hero to everybody Same and thing. and it makes sense that they're all wanting to vilify someone like spider-man because he was an avenger but now he's an evil villain yeah. in their eyes really? so them trying to escape that was was huge and then they they try and have a solution by going to university but yet they don't get in mm. right because of um I, I can't remember what the what ned was saying in the letter but it was something along the lines of um, uh, due to recent events or something like that, we have to decline your application to yeah. MIT.
2: Controversy you know? is the word. The that controversy, yeah. yeah. And could you, like, to a point to that, like, because that is the catalyst for Peter's next actions, which we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I I think there's a, here's another, a, a little Easter egg that is deep cut is when Damage Control come and interview them, which is hilarious, <laughs> uh, <laughs> There, there is that, that little nudge to Nick Fury being off-world, which we already knew, mm. but mm. there's no Talos. It's like, come on, Talos, where are you, man? Like, come and mm. appear. So maybe there's a secret war. He's preparing for secret invasion. invasion <laughs> stuff going on in the background, and he's actually quite busy and can't be there to vindicate Peter. So I, li- yeah, I yeah. like that too. I was like, that sense of, alone and we can't trust shield we can't trust damage control we can't trust anything avengers and any of the old guard of the avengers is really it's really dissipated because of the blip mm-hmm. um which really makes end game as well in retrospect feel more last hurrah like this is the last hurrah of um of one age in this world and now we've moved into a new age where we yeah. can't depend on the same structures we used to
0: yeah You know, actually, on that Um, damage control thing, um, I thought it was interesting that we've never seen damage control interrogate anybody. mm. We've only seen them come in and clean up the scraps. You know, that was commissioned Mm. by Tony Stark, as we know from um, Homecoming. So the fact that they have a person that would interrogate um, in those interrogation rooms, I thought that was almost a substitute to um, the Accords, because remember, the Accords don't exist anymore. Mm. So maybe the damage control team are trying to be that substitute for the Accords and find a way to interrogate any Avengers that go out of line, i.e. Spider-Man. Mm. 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 Um, so that whole scene then leads us into um, them trying to figure it out, not just at the station. you know, They go from the station to the house, um, back home to... Peter and Art house and the biggest reveal or the, the the first biggest and most exciting reveal I think got the biggest cheer um was we see the staff of Matt Murdock
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh and the lead-up is you're gonna need a lawyer kid you're gonna need you a lawyer you gotta lawyer, lawyer, yeah, you better yeah, lawyer yeah, up yeah. Um, like, yeah,
0: that is funny because I, I did mention to you guys that I didn't actually hear what Charlie Cox
2: said because everybody oh, was just yeah. going too, way too wild. Did you get it second watch? By I, the I way, got it second watch, yeah. For, for viewers and listeners, uh, oh, just listeners, no viewers yet. Uh, mm. River and I have already uh, seen it a second time. Have yeah. you seen it a third time already, River? Was that your third view or your second?
0: That was actually my third.
2: Oh, I know it. <laughs> River's, you didn't want to say it the second <laughs> Uh, a yeah. third viewing, uh, I might as well just reveal
0: all time. my nerdy cards and how how much I love the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I will go see these films every single day. I'm responsible for all the
2: ticker sales. A <laughs> <laughs> bit of gross. Uh, yeah. yeah, but uh, did you catch it on your second or third viewing, what he said?
0: I I, I think I did, but... Um, Everyone keeps
2: it, hearing, And hey?
0: also, like... <laughs> I immediately thought to myself, wow, Charlie Cox literally got no lines because <laughs> he doesn't actually say much at all. Yeah. He, he actually repeats the same line just in a different way. Mm. Like he says he says you, gotta, you need a lawyer. Um, he also says that um, it's going to be very different this time, Peter Parker, because you'll have to come up against the public court opinion or something like that or the court of public opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's really all he says. <laughs> he doesn't actually say – he's in oh, it for okay. like – well it's like it's a great cameo and they they handled it really well and i think the if we spent more time with matt murdoch it probably would have been a little bit too much there'll be too much like overload Mm -hmm. of famous people and and cameos that didn't end up actually being cameos i.e toby and andrew they were actually in the film for a prominent amount of time so yeah it's probably a good idea to keep matt murdoch in the bleachers because they clearly got some some ideas for him in the future Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of the first biggest reveal and... I mean, I do love the fact that we went to the midnight screening and everybody went wild and there. I mean, I, I stood up off my chair. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I,
2: I, I, I threw myself off the chair. And I was like,
3: yeah.
2: Well, while the three of us, for <laughs> listeners as well, while the three of us were in the same viewing, uh, JC and I got our tickets a bit later than River. So we were all sitting in different spots in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we were just
0: beaming energy across the cinema. Just like, Yeah, basically.
2: that was there. But uh, I'm pretty sure River was standing for half the film, so... <laughs> Oh uh, no, um, no, I can confirm. I yeah, could JC see you. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because you're behind me, JC. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I stood up. I could. I times. could hear River even amongst the cheering. I could always hear River uh, when something happened. To me. It so good
0: Stop um, embarrassing me. No, no, no,
2: no. no it's, it's awesome. I, I was cheering as loud as I could too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I, and I, I. Yeah, I think we should. not dwell too much on the yeah yeah, yeah. but uh yeah Yeah. tight and it's exciting again like those little beats that you want and you need i think the thing that this film did really well again was those easter eggs and then those satisfying Mm. moments which they didn't have to dwell Mm. on and then i I talked to about this last night but that um understanding the difference between a cameo and a character in the story and while you have people coming back to recover replay old old characters they're not mm. just cameoing they're integral to the story's plot uh, and that adhesion of of the character beats and they have connections to all the characters as well and and they have their own story arcs and that that's the difference and I think that's yeah. really cool
3: mm.
0: yeah exactly I mean the nothing was none of the characters or any of the uh, famous actors that jump in this film then none of them were wasted and they weren't taken up unnecessary screen time everybody had a purpose everybody had a responsibility No, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah everybody had their thing to do which is amazing to see and and you know like the last thing i do want to say about this whole matt murdoch thing is that it does make sense that he would only pop in and out because the whole court case thing lasts for like a second Right. The whole mm. legality around how to fix the situation in terms of legal thing. It, 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 only lasts for a second because immediately after that, we, we, Peter goes to, uh, it's actually not immediately after that, but um, Peter goes straight to Dr. Strange because he realizes that this is probably going to be his only solution. And, mm. and this is where the biggest subvert, at least for me, the big sub subvert of expectations, um, As far as story goes, is that it's actually it's it's less about what we saw in the trailer, right? And it's more about how the villains show up because they recognize Peter Parker. Remember, this whole time we actually thought that the villains show up because the multiverse cracking. Yes, the multiverse Mm. was a door to open up the villains, but the reason why they're coming through is because they're here to look for Spider Man. They're here to look for Peter Parker. Mm. That was a huge Mm. subversion. I actually just thought it was down to the multiverse um breaking up but um why are they all
2: culminating around spider-man that seems yeah why they all yeah it seems a little bit
0: convenient exactly exactly and i and i knew that in the trailer i was like this this seems oddly convenient that they're all just going after tom holland now but now it makes sense narratively that it was all because they recognize and they're looking for peter parker and they realize it's actually not the same one
2: yeah and to clarify again because uh you, you just, you generally follow it and Dr. Strange explains it, but it's nice just to say it out loud with a group of people. The initial spell is everyone forget Peter Parker, yep. so that Spider-Man yes. can keep being Spider-Man and Peter can have his own life. Peter yep. changes the yes. spell to a degree with Aunt May, Ned and MJ, where his his initial thought and the main idea is everyone who knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man is to retain their memories But everyone else, since this big oust, forgets. And then you have the multiverse cracking, and anyone who ever knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man in any multiverse is trying to enter into this universe. That's correct? That is
0: correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they were very clear about that. I think they had to be very clear about that through dialogue, even though it might be, if people don't appreciate, like, dialogue exposition i think this was quite important because otherwise you would have been there you would have left thinking it's way too much interpretation like why would this yeah right so i think that was a very and they
2: distill it with dr strange saying to doc ock do you know spider-man yep yeah and it's like do you know peter parker yep and it's like is this peter parker no
3: no yeah (laughs) there is a peter parker that that i know who
2: is spider-man but that is not him but yeah. that is also yeah. true of Tom Holland. He is Peter Parker and he is Spider-Man, but he's not the mm, one that... On yeah. TV. That's so clever. <laughs> and crazy. they had
1: to do that. They had to be able to dumb it down for kids yeah. because, you know, majority of the demographics is going to be, like, us older guys and people, but, like, there's going to be a, a new generation watching this and, and they need to be able to understand it. Yeah, them. just yeah. what he needs yeah. that's uh... The ones that will listen to
2: this podcast when it has aged terribly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But,
0: I mean, it's it's not just dumbing it down for the young crowd. I mean, I think it's quite important for them to dumb it down for all of us Mm. as well. Mm. Because um, if they weren't specific enough for it, then it probably would have been a messy film. Mm. And so I feel like they earned their right to be able to do that, especially through the – the actor Alfred Molina I mean he's he's such a great character and and it fits in well with how he delivered that line to Doctor Strange and Pete Parker mm. but um you know just just for a moment because we kind of have to move through but just for a moment how amazing was that fight between Doc Ock and, <gasps> and Spider-Man
2: what a way to I open keep, that up I keep thinking about it and then I, I every time I see you or anyone else who's watched it it's just not the first thing or I I, I haven't talked to anyone about it but I thought that that scene was so good and hmm. for the representation that sorry we're talking about representation but I'm talking about a white villain the representation <laughs> toward Spider-Man 2 and just that Spider-Man 2 is just considered up until this point like the yeah. technically greatest Spider-Man yeah. movie it's like the story. standard for Spider-Man yeah, movies yeah to have your villain from that movie just be so freaking awesome.
0: Oh, man. And
2: for Peter... Just to, incredible choreography. Peter there, to right? defeat him in the way that he does with the nanobots. Freaking awesome. It's perfect. Mm. In front it's of very, him very MIT, uh, yeah. future, hopefully future principal or whatever Yeah. Is, yeah.
0: Well, wait, what, what was she exactly? She was like the
2: she was MIT... just on the board, I think, for... Like Vice something. Right? I know All she was a Vice Chancellor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To save, yeah. yeah, to save her using nanotech. <laughs> that's that's yeah. gonna look good on your resume to get into MIT.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a, it's such a great battle sequence. I mean, that whole choreography was so well put together. I was like jaw dropping. You know, I was like, wow, this is this is actually better than all the. I mean, it might be controversial, but I'll say it anyway. Better than all the dialogue scenes in um, Spider-Man Two in terms of choreography.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but with that immediate stakes is like a family with a little child getting thrown off a bridge and Peter catching them and saving them right away. Like that, like he was like no casualties and you just, you you need to have the superhero saving people like that. Mm. That is so important in films. Something that the DC EU has always struggled with (laughs) and something Marvel struggled with too. Like, you know,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. And, and Marvels managed to address all those issues as well when they're not when they when they cannot think about the greater impact that it has on civilians around them. Um, and it's it's so fitting for Peter Parker right now because he's he's very comfortable in his shoes as Spider Man. So it makes sense that he's able to to juggle all the things that are happening around him while also trying to fight this octopus. Mm.
2: <laughs> oh, freaking, oh. <clears throat> such a good such a good fight scene actually and like it's yeah yeah just so tight it's very very tight you know from
0: from all of that you know we we get into like you know quickly um they actually they they don't rush it but it is quicker well when they introduce electro and sandman and lizard i mean lizard we don't really get a proper introduction he's Mm. basically just thrown straight into into um wizard jail
2: i noticed in the um Mm. cracking of the mcu uh, of the multiverse when Doctor Strange is doing his spell, that Hmm. Lizard's shadow is the first shadow that you see. So you know how you start to see those orbs of light that look like people trying to break through in the purple other universes? When Doctor Strange is doing the spell, the first shape that you see is the lizard. Um, Oh, is it? I think it's quite cool because it's the first one that Doctor Strange goes and finds.
0: uh, I thought it was actually Scorpion no no scorpion? It, was, it, scorpion. Was scorpion. Like, it was
2: like clearly lizard silhouette and i was like ah.
0: whoa yeah um okay yeah fascinating yeah I, I actually just thought it was scorpio is his name scorpio or scorpion one of the cynicism scorpion, scorpion. 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 get over here <laughs> <clears throat> um yeah you know so we quickly go through like Electro and Sandman, which is fitting because you know the main uh villains that we want to see and have a bit more to do is Alfred Lina and. Alfred um, and Green Goblin, Willem Defoe, which by the way, like I actually totally forgot because we, we don't see Willem Defoe have a big um have much impact until the very end. But I actually mm. totally forgot he was in the film when we don't see him for a long time. And then the moment he shows up, I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah, that's right, Green Goblin, you know. Mm. Well, <laughs> um like mm. the biggest moment that we do have with him before the end is actually that whole fight sequence in the apartment block.
2: In the condo the condo. the condo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about that. But uh, you you do get that glimpse of him straight after the Doc Ock fight. And I got confused in the first viewing, but then I saw it in the second where it seemed almost like a dream sequence because Peter's there fighting Doc Ock, Green Goblin appears, throws a bomb, Mm. and then suddenly he's back in the Sanctum Sanctorum and Doc Mm. Ock's already captured. And then I just realised Doctor Strange did what later Ned does, which is just like... I'm summoning Peter Parker. Oh, and that villain that is fighting is right nearby, so I'll throw him into a cell. But mm. Doctor Strange doesn't have awareness that Green Goblin had just shown up on that bridge. Exactly. Yeah. And that yeah, well, yeah. I got confused the first time, but it was the second the Yeah, cuz oh, so he just Doctor Strange didn't know that that was going on. Like yeah. That
0: I mean, that's a really good point because I I was also like, oh, that's convenient. I mean, why doesn't he just do that throughout the whole film
3: then? Mm.
0: Like why doesn't Dr. Strange yeah. do that? But I mean, of course, Dr. Strange is, he exits the film and re-enters at the right time. But, um, but yeah, it, it is made clear that he was just doing it because he wanted to bring Peter Parker back. And then he happened to just have the other guy with him. Mm. And oh, he, no, sorry. And mm. he needed
2: that energy. He needed Dr. Strange was in it for the perfect amount. Same as Tony mm. in homecoming. You're, mm. you're there as a mentor. You're there as, uh someone who and, and this is another good Avengers Spider Man relationship dynamic is they still all treat him as a kid. They see him as a kid, they know he's very he's got a lot of potential yeah. and he's very mm. capable so they can like trust like trust him to his own devices mm. but also they're gonna hit him up when he it looks like or it seems like he's stuffed up. And yeah. Doctor mm. Strange brings that same kind of energy that Tony Stark does in a really nice way. Yeah. Uh.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, you know, also the way he, uh, Strange brings him back, this is a little bit of a callback to the um, Thor Ragnarok. I don't know if you remember that, but, you know, when Doctor Strange is in that film and he he says goodbye to, or does it say goodbye? Or the way he uses the portal, you know, it's very similar to how he used the portal to bring uh, Peter Parker back into the dungeon. Um, so he uses that in Ragnarok. I think he does it on Thor, or he does it on, yeah, he does it on both Thor and um, Loki when he just lets us oh, yes. live, you know, and then they go back to yeah. what looks like Ireland <laughs> yeah, like, um, on the mountaintop or whatever. But yeah, all of, that, all of that scene is kind of bottled up and then, and then we get to a point where uh, Peter, Ned, and MJ have to figure out what are they going to do to cure these guys. And we don't really know that this is the whole point until um, they realize that, these villains are going to die in their own universe by Spider-Man, right? Mm. So um, were you guys expecting the story to go in that direction? Like, was this a bit of an expectation?
1: Kind of, because uh, you hear it in the trailer. You do hear Um, it in the trailer, yeah. Yeah, so whilst, you know, you can't take the trailer for what's going to happen, you're kind of like, okay, well, maybe he's going to save them or maybe he's going to turn them into good people against a greater evil. Because at that point we had seen the trailer, we didn't know if something worse is going to come through the the multiverse. Mm. So, you know, that whole, uh, (laughs) that contested uh, trailer where the three guys are fighting, it's like, what are they fighting? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, hard to say, but I think, yeah, we had some level of uh, redemption for the villains that were portrayed in the trailer. Mm. So
2: yeah. I stay, I stayed out of trailers, so I, I think my sense that okay, if Peter is taking on the Sinister Six, there is some sense of altercation, but also in I'm trying to think of another Marvel movie where we had that feeling it was going to go one way and then it went a completely different direction. I think Civil War would be a good one where I really and something I hoped for, but I really did feel there was a connection to the Winter Soldier serums, not the Winter Mm. Soldier, but the Winter Soldier serums that were floating around, and that that was Cap, and Winter Soldier's main goal was stopping those Winter Soldiers, and then suddenly you veered off into full-on civil war, Um, Mm. Mm. and and I think in this, I wasn't wasn't feeling that too much, and I was, yeah, honestly, first viewing was so overwhelming, because I was just like, okay, peace, all of that, like, seeing it the second time, I felt everything just flowed a bit better because i knew what was gonna right. happen yeah. but in this i was like yeah. i have no idea but i just felt very overwhelmed that you had f- four out of six at that point mm. and and once green goblin appears like and he just rocks up like five out of six sinister six people all they're hanging out with peter in the first act and you're like yeah. oh my gosh where is this gonna go like <laughs> mm. Mm. yeah
0: that you know uh, i think i did mention oh i mentioned it to jc was that i, I Even in the first viewing, I felt that it was a little bit chunky when the villains were in jail. Mm. Um, I felt like the script was probably not as tight as it should have been. But in the second viewing, um, I I think I actually do appreciate how they deal with the villains in jail. It's it's probably not as tight as it should be, but um, they do all contribute in terms of dialogue they they contribute in a way that it does make sense that it's moving the story forward Mm. and they do they don't linger too much whereas like the first time I saw it I thought they were lingering too much maybe because we everything was like so high energy in the beginning and then 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 we went down to that moment like being in a dark environment is hard enough itself like Mm. you need You need something to keep the wheels in motion and so being in a dark environment underground literally you feel a little bit claustrophobic in that whole thing so i think that's why i initially thought the scene was too chunky because it's quite dark everybody's standing around talking Mm -hmm. but then in the second viewing i was like okay cool the the talking is actually not like a waste of time they do talk about how um uh like you know alfred molina and the other guys are trying to figure out what are they doing here um who is this person, who is this Peter Parker, like what's his whole deal? That's all really great. And then um when MJ and and Ned come into the into the picture to try and figure out this problem, um that's that's all really well handled. So yeah, mm. I was a little bit wrong I guess the first time.
1: Oh. There was there was definitely like an establishment of a greater universe because I understand that in the MCU and, and the Raimi verse and the, the Sony uh Spider-Man films these guys all existed separately Mm. but now that they're all in this mcu so it's like okay well some people might question how do these guys know each other they don't really Mm -hmm. so then them having that banter and discussion about what happened to them and you know well and what they're capable sorry jesus yeah yeah,
2: to have the villains of spider-man one two and three all there and being like Mm. oh yeah we all knew each other and actually sandman's like yeah you two died I heard it on the news, <laughs> I was just a guy, and super I remember all that yeah, like yeah. hectic, like, super villains running around yeah. New York stuff, and yeah. I think that, I guess what's hard, and, and obviously it's hard, because um, this takes the history of our real world, where we had these seven movies that appeared, six, five. Five movies that appeared, sorry.
3: <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> yeah. We had the two that, that Tom Holland said, but we had yeah these five movies that had appeared prior in Sony's history. Mm-hmm. So these are the stories that we can tell with the actors and the villains that we have from those mm-hmm. films that will make cohesive sense. Yeah. And at the same time, that maybe that's just the one jarring thing where you're like, well, are there there other multiverses? Why do we only have two of the multiverses? And maybe technically three with... um the Tom Hardy like represented right. here in a multi multiverse. Mm. But you know, that that's well, that's wishful thinking.
0: And you 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 thing. know, actually like the on the whole multiverse stuff, I have a lot to share. I want to share my ideas about how um what's actually happened to the timeline now and what are all these branches, because there's a mm. lot of branches that exist by the time we get to the end of this film.
3: Mm. Um mm.
0: but um I do want to sort of take us into the second half of the film, you know, when, when Spider-Man, I think it's funny how Spider-Man just walks everybody through the apartment block. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of wondering, like, I have all these weird things where I think about movies in sort of real life situations. Like, okay, when they're walking through the lobby, what is the what is the concierge saying? Like, you know, about like,
2: like he's the most like yeah. out there one. And I love that Lizard's like, well, and man will well. Oh yeah, it was like, Lizard's like, I'll just stay in the truck.
0: I'll just stay in the truck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it yeah, was like home. interesting, like just him staying in the truck. But they get into the apartment, and this is where. Uh, Peter is finally trying to put his hands and his brain to work, um, tapping into his whole scientist, geeky side, right? Because he's he's the he's the brightest kid presumably in the world he's the brightest kid in science and whatever he's the Mm. top of his his class and his grades um so we get to see him to work which is great i was always going to wonder if they're going to tap into his science side because we don't really see that in any of the films right we don't really see that in Mm. Homecoming. we don't see that in far from home and this is the first time that we get to see him work as a scientist amazing
2: three of him Three,
0: three of them i mean yeah that's later yeah, on but yeah, um dude. but the fact that we get to see tom holland work as the peter parker
2: science that nerd right, is yeah. awesome can it's absolutely awesome deep cut not deep cut but and you know it 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 breaks a little when you get the green goblin reveal but the character arc of toby maguire's spider-man and Willem defoe's green goblin is one of a a surrogate father. Like he's truly is his his best friend's dad who really knows that he's Mm. just lost his uncle and the important father figure in his life. And also Willem Dafoe's green goblin is horrible to Harry Osborne. Like he, he isn't Mm. as proud of Harry as he is of Peter in that movie. Mm. Mm. And again, you have this beautiful, like it was, a really heart heartfelt and warm moment, which is detracted a little because that's green goblin, like pretending to be Norman. But yeah, when he says, like, it is brilliant, both it and you. And, and Peter is also really needing that at the moment. He doesn't have that father figure who sees him as brilliant. As, he doesn't have Tony mm. anymore to say that. And yeah. he doesn't have what Mysterio was pretending to be. Uh, yeah. And so I think mm. that was a really touching moment. That's a really great callback to Spider-Man 1. so.
1: Yeah. yeah that's a very just, good line. just to touch on the on the mentor mentorship so you had you know you had tony in homecoming and obviously like prior to that then you had uh you kind of had taylor stepping in as nick fury as the mentor or guide in, in far from mm-hmm. home and then you had strange being the third sort of mentor yeah mm-hmm. but what you then see and i was going to tie this back to the whole science is that you see Peter's genius come out, uh, out of the mirror dimension when he defeats Strange oh, yeah. using math. True,
2: true, true. When math beats, math. Magic. Oh, math beats magic. Oh man, math magic.
1: That's right? so funny. So yeah. that shows his brilliance. He's like, I can outdo Doctor Strange. Yeah, true. You know, yep. So that yeah. is a
0: very yeah, and that yeah. actually yeah, that takes uh, place prior to um, that scene in the apartment, mm. the condo. Mm. Yeah, that's a very good point. I love that. I, like, I, I was always going to wonder like, how are they going to like keep Doctor Strange out because when I first saw the trailer, I was like, "Yeah, it's great to have Doctor Strange, and there's a lot of awesome classic team ups in the in the comics." But then I was like, mm. "But Doctor Strange is like super powerful. Yeah, why he why can't he just?" You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like these villains are nothing compared to Doctor Strange, and it was perfect the way they exit him in the film, and it was
2: perfect timing for when they bring him back in the film. Um, and the first thing he says to Ned and MJ once he hops out of the mirror dimension, Dimensions like I just become strange. <laughs> no, you know, that's yeah. so good. It's such a such a great thing when he's I such just up strange. It's such a good
1: battle. Yeah. So there's there's a couple of callbacks there, right? So when is it Ragnarok where he sends Loki flying for like twelve hours or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, I just came back from flying over the, the Grand, Grand Canyon. Canyon for, for twelve hours, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah um
2: so good uh, oh
0: like um I, I think loki says um for how long does he say for i think it, i, I want to say he says for like 30 yeah. hours or so. 30 minutes know. he's falling for 30
2: minutes i mean falling for 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> 30 minutes <laughs> yes That's so funny. Um, um oh yes yeah, yeah, so, okay yeah go, go ahead go ahead. i was just like again like doctor strange becoming a little bit of like the the potion master, witch, mother hen kind of character in the MCU, where it's like Thor ends up coming to Doctor Strange with his problems. Spider Man ends up dropping in to like, cause he's got some issues. <laughs> Hulk smashing through a window just to like, to check in with Doctor Strange. I'm, I'm right, really yeah, enjoying yeah. that he's got this, like, presence of being a Tony and that, like, mm-hmm. the Sanctum Sanctorum's becoming that drop in space in the way that Avengers yeah. Power was without mm-hmm. also being, he's like, Yeah. I'm busy doing magic things. You don't even know why I'm not here. Why I didn't appear in one division. Like all that. I'm busy. I'm always busy. we got a lot more things going on in our world. Like in the same way, Eternals have things going on in their world. Like it's Mm. good. It's good.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, There there was, sorry, I was just going to say, there was that small callback because in far from home, when he's talking to Beck for for the first time, he's talking about the whole quantum quantum realm and, Beck's like, don't apologize for being the smartest kid in the room. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, you do see his brilliance there. It's shining through, but he gets cut off real quick. Yeah. So.
0: And he does prove himself to be the smartest guy in the, in the condo, right? Um, because yeah. he's amongst, like, scientists there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. or well, there's only two scientists, really. Um, oh, wait,
2: no. Oh, well, Lizard's not there. No, Lizard's
0: not there. No, no. Yeah, he's, he's down in, no. the, in the truck. Um, but, yeah, that, that whole scene then leads us into um, the reveal of, of Goblin, and I love how the first piece of reveal is is the line that he says when Alfred Molina is already cured, and he walks into mm. the into the room, and he says, "Um, just what does he say? Just you and me? Oh, just just you or something like that." Yes. And then Goblin, well, yeah, and then Goblin. I just remember Goblin's response. He said, "Just me," and I was like, "Oh." i was like no that's that's Green Goblin and everybody was aghast at that moment as well. Yeah. Um and then we quickly go to Spider-Man um to Peter Parker um and ampl- like really amplified Spidey sense at that moment. I love the way John Watts shoots the Spidey sense. It's actually mm-hmm. a little bit of a a homage to how he like the effects for his um Spidey sense is a homage to the way they displayed in the comics. And the mm. comics has got like um the illustrator, it's yeah it's it's got like yeah that, that kind of like layers the lines around him um that's especially like in the steve ditko comics yeah. and um i'm pretty sure they do that in the latest iteration from uh i can't remember his name i think it's a uh, dan slot and i can't remember who the illustrator is in dan slot's versions today but yeah his body senses like uh, a bunch of lines like an aura type thing and <laughs> and they basically well, john was does that in this entire film when he gets his Species, especially when his um, spirit leaves his body, yeah, that's yeah. a
2: huge, huge that's homage, such a to great, and it's was like, like just wobbling around his head. Yeah, that, it's that, that, it's like waves. It's yeah. actually really, really cool. And again, and and you know, into the Spider Verse does that very classically because that's right, right, yeah. Style, but oh, that is a hectic scene because I think everyone in the in the in the theater when we were there, you just know that that's the tension, but you also. Like for me, I was like, "Yeah, like I already know Green Goblin's like off, but is there something, something, something else at that <laughs> yeah. moment about to attack the condo?" True, yeah. true,
0: and it true. ends up being Green Goblin. It was. Holy God. shit, man! Like Willem Dafoe, his facial expressions have to be the greatest facial oh, expressions yeah, ever yeah. in cinema. I mean, like he he manages to go from this really innocent and gentle guy Mm -hmm. like father right and we also saw that in spider-man in the first Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. um and like he's his ability to like transform from this father like loving figure to this evil green goblin i think in this though in no way home it's probably the best green goblin we've ever seen like hands down like his his -hmm. facial expressions like the way it's all shot you know remember like we're jumping into the scene where he's like having that full-on brawl um, with Spider-Man mm. in the hallway. Mm. Holy crap. You remember when he's yeah, punching yeah. him like crazy and then yeah. he's just laughing hysterically yeah. and his facials. I'm like, oh, you can get
2: nightmares from that stuff. Yeah. It is yeah. A, utter, his face. And that's where it's like he could smash that mask because his face is that mask. It's, it's more than enough. enough because,
0: you know, there was that whole fan criticism around him having the Power Rangers mask you know <laughs> you know it, yeah, it's, it's very, like very green
2: yes. shiny yep love it very, mm.
0: exactly, exactly and there was so much criticism around that even to this day and i love how like the moment we get to meet green goblin is when is when um osborne decides to smash the helmet like straight mm. off the back i was like great cool now we're gonna mm. get to see the real expression and that's mm.
2: far more terrifying mm. <laughs> Mm. Um leading into that fight, and I noticed this on this viewing, I was talking to River about it afterwards. Once they enter the apartment, uh, there's a funny little... And it's like in the same way that New York slams on New Jersey, and you get that in cinema all the time. And if you're not from New York, you don't get why people hate New Jersey so much. <laughs> which is like everyone in the world except people from New York and people from New, New Jersey. Jersey. This yeah. was another little funny one, which is a very, like, 90s New York thing is condos and... Thinking, oh, right. thinking of them yeah. for like a bit more context for the rest of the world, thinking of them as those not- Very off-
0: expensive. Yeah,
2: they're they're very expensive. You buy them for your parents. They're also like plans, mm. like planned apartment blocks. And mm. even though they might be expensive, they're probably like developers build them cheap so they can mm. build more and make more money. And there's mm. this funny little bit about everyone, like every single villain, Electro, Alfred- um, I keep calling him Alfred Molina. just going to call him <laughs> Alfred Molina- yeah. Um, even, I think even Man says something as like, oh, you know, like I love it for the views and it's like, but I also love it for like the little microfo- uh, microwave that I can like, my dinners in. <laughs> and there's a sense of, it's like just ripping on happy having a condo cause it's a bit of a sad, lonely man thing to have. Yeah. And then it actually being so cheap and so brittle that like mm. Spider-Man and Green Goblin just like tear through the building. Like yeah, every time absolutely. he slams down, they go down two floors and I just, yeah oh man i i um i just thought it was very funny and it was a really good little like
0: yeah don't it's a little condo. bit of a poke to like developers and condos being over expensive <laughs> oh, <laughs> like i so like I, I, I said to you i didn't really pick up on that but i thought that was actually a really good observation because um, it is it is pretty much true and anybody who lives in a condo in new york i'm sorry if we're riffing on you right now but
2: um <laughs> Yeah, mm.
0: just be careful for fights like that to happen in your condo. <laughs>
2: yeah And it's great. It's such a great uh set piece. Like it's an awesome set piece. It's a very awesome set so. piece.
0: Very awesome set piece. And I mean that whole sequence, like the love, like the filming and the camera work and the hallway and stuff was awesome. Mm. Um, which is so much better than how I think they dealt with the camera work inside wow. the a- apartment, because I thought that camera work wasn't very good. It was way too claustrophobic, mm. But When we get into that fight scene and everything's super chaotic, we go down to the bottom level and Aunt May is there with the serum, ready to inject it into Green Goblin, which she does successfully, but then it turns out it's not even the right serum. It's the serum to amplify Green Goblin. I'm not sure if you guys picked up on that, but I picked up on that in the second Mm. screen. Because remember, remember he creates the serum in the first Spider-Man, right? Uh. And, And when he's in the room... This is, this is how Green Goblin comes back, mm. I think. It's because he creates this, the very serum that he uses to bring Green Goblin in the first Spider-Man movie. And then mm. and then when she injects it into him, um, it just amplifies that whole alter ego of Green Goblin instead of actually curing him.
3: Because
0: mm. um, mm. remember, it was always a, a, a struggle for Peter Parker to do that in the first film. He couldn't really figure out how to cure he couldn't crack it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she injects him with that and then it just amplifies him more and he goes way more crazier. Mm. And then he brings in his flying, his flying UFO, his little, his little sorcerer, his um, his glider. Um, and he uses it to take out, uh, may. And actually at that point I was like, Oh my gosh, she's dead here. Mm. But then that's completely yeah. subverted. When we find out she just gets back up. She's like, "Ah, more G more G. Um, and that whole sequence is leading up to her death and and i actually didn't think they were going to do the whole like you know spider-man is going to lose a, a, a uncle ben or an aunt may or a gwen or mm. an mj i didn't think they were going to do that and especially because she gets up and then they're ready to leave that whole destruction mm. but then she just falls And I love what Marissa Tomei does here. I love the fact that Marissa Tomei is playing it off, like I should say, her character is playing it off, like, "No, it's all good." Like, what's what's going on? What's happening? What's you know, when she's bleeding, and and Peter Parker um, discovers super quickly that she's about to die, but he's he's also in in Mm -hmm. in a bit of a um, let's say he's trying to just like not think about that, and he's trying to avoid the mm. the reality that his arm is dying
1: in his arms mm. i i think he does know i think he's just applying bedside manner and he's just like you know stay with, stay me. with and me yeah i can't remember what he said yeah but like i i had a feeling like he knew that she was gonna die so he was like comforting her.
3: yeah
1: um mm. but i i kind of felt like because that was the second act part like it was kind of like you know building up for the climax so like you know it's that moment of realization where like he needs to become the hero that he always has has supposed to become. And now losing Aunt May that bears that weight that he needs to go and redeem himself or redeem her. Mm. Um, And and I feel like there's a parallel here with, sorry for spoilers who haven't seen Eternals, where Gilgamesh dies. Although it probably doesn't bear as much weight because his character is not as fleshed out.
3: The death of Aunt May
1: is that moment where we get the whole great with great power comes great responsibility? Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: I mean, as soon as she delivered that line, though, I was like, "Oh, she's dying here. Yeah, she's dying here yeah, for sure. For sure. She's she's yeah. probably got stabbed, and we just haven't
1: seen it yet, but it's gonna happen." Yeah. But you, you see the you see the glider take her out like in the in the stomach because she said, "Oh, I got in my head." The moment I knew she said that, I'm like, "She's dying, and she doesn't, she doesn't know it, or know she's it, playing yeah. it
0: off." I yeah. think she just genuinely um, didn't
1: know it as a character. She
0: just didn't know what exactly went on because the impact is so shocking. That's uh, such a brutal way
2: to take her out, eh? Like that uh, glider just like impales
0: her basically. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> she has that bit of a I'll walk it off, I'll walk it off in that first bit. And yeah. she's like shaking. And it's the the um, the shock value of like, you know, if you ever get in a car crash or you've ever just had a bad yeah. fall or something's just happened that shakes you. And so she's I think she's still um, got the adrenaline from all of that up until that point. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, then you, yeah, I think there's the shift for Tom Holland is, our Spider-Man is his, when his voice cracks and he's like, I need an ambulance. And when he does that, that was such, oh man, there's some really just <clears throat> awesome acting from both of them. There's such a mm. well-acted scene <laughs> Yeah. or a death scene. Yeah. Like, just feel it's like a
0: very good death scene. Such a, oh man. Yeah. Like, like, uh, so I have, sorry. Go, like you go.
1: No, I was going to say, like, just coming back to the point of um, Green Goblin. You said how it amplifies, and you think that we've, he's been cured, but then you don't see him right until the end. So you know you, you're questioning if that cure did work. But then the point that you made about him being amplified makes a lot more sense now that you have said mm-hmm. that. Um, but my question is, when the uh, you know the police police are outside, why isn't it damage control? Because if they're responsible for all the, the damage, I think they do call for damage super, the super damage. In, you know enhanced individuals. Why aren't they there? Why is it... Well, Actually, is it
2: the police? I don't know. You don't you really see, see it, they are. I think police, but then they... Um, uh, JJJ, who we, we haven't talked about at all, he says, call Damage yeah. Control. Uh, he's right. like, the police right. are going to be here very soon. Call yeah. Damage Control as well. But see,
0: because so Damage Control, they come in way after the fact. They they come in way after the events. That's their whole thing. Mm. They don't come there mm. during the last parts of the event. They always come in after the cleanup. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah JJJ... Jonah Jameson. Yeah, we haven't actually spoken about him, eh? Like, I think he's in this mm. movie for a good amount of time and he's he's like a thread, uh, that commentary thread. He, he's he's reminding us of where we're going in the story,
2: which mm. I think is a great way to use someone like him. He's the, um, uh, the face of that court of public opinion. He's the yeah, villain. Yeah. That, he's the one that leads Peter Parker to do all the actions that he's doing. He's the one that exactly. reveals Peter. Mm. He's the yeah. one that leads Peter to go to Doctor Strange. Yep. And he's the one who's constantly bringing updates to the world to make sure that Peter's vilified, which is cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it's a great piece of here's catalyst. He's the Zemo. He's her. the Zemo of the, the Zemo. Oh yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, here's the Zemo. Um, so yeah, that whole death scene was just so well done by Marisa Tomei. She's an incredible performer. And I want to see her in more movies now. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a like, I'm a, I'm a newborn Marissa Tomei fan. I want to see more of her in, like, movies and stuff. Yeah. It's sad to not see her in MCU films, um, but um, she did a great job, and they ended her character very, very well. And, you know, everybody – we're all crying at that moment, right? Like, when Peter Parker's having that really touch, um, that very sensitive moment with her, the last moments. We're all crying. But I actually didn't mm-hmm. – I, I didn't cry as much in that scene until – we jump to when um, Peter Parker is on the roof. You know, Mm -hmm. like I'm jumping a little bit here because, you know, I don't want us to obviously skip the biggest reveals, the best reveals in the entire film, um, which is Andrew and Toby. But, you know, just quickly on that rooftop scene where he's sitting there by himself and he gets consoled by MJ and Ned, that was when I cried like the most. Because seeing, because, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Peter Parker isn't like completely crying in that moment like he is getting to that point but he's in so much shock he's a teenager right he's in so much shock in the moment that she's dying and he does ex- express a lot of grief but it's not until he mm. he processes that grief on top of the roof
3: and it's all such mm. a
0: perfect way for him to process that grief and he's just and and you hear him crying like the audible cry from Tom Holland like that was the that was like the peak of Tom Holland's performance as Peter Parker at that moment. And I just like, mm. I lost it. Like, I was just, I was a mess at that point. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so going from that death scene, it's a it's a very dark and emotional moment for Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And actually the darkest, the, probably one of the darkest moments for any Spider-Man film. Mm. Um, there are some dark moments in Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man yeah, mainly Spider-Man One, but um, this was so dark and it was so emotional that um, when we swing into the next scene or when we transit, uh, when we transition into the next um, scene, what perfect way to get us out of that emotion by introducing us to Andrew Garfield and Toby Maguire? Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> yeah
2: let's go! Yeah, oh, it
0: was. St- I, I personally, and I'm pretty sure I'm speaking on behalf of everybody else that was watching this film, and and anybody else that's going to watch this movie is, I, we all knew 99.9 percent sure that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be in this film, but it was a, it was, it was a case of how do they introduce us to these characters, and what perfect mm. way to do that by subverting the expectation and getting Ned, who is. Picking up these like magical abilities, <laughs> um, that like has been running past. in his family for so long, and and he's it's like a piece of inquiry for him when he meets Dr. Strange. Um, he has the ability to open up the portal, and he just he just has a wish to see Peter Parker. And when he does that, and he says, What does it say? Show me, show us, or show me,
2: um, Spider-Man. no, no he, for, he says, Peter, you know, Parker. Parker, for Peter Parker, which I'm is going back to the the magic like the, the 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 magic spell the magic
0: spell yes I'm looking
2: for peter parker
0: yes yes I'm like, yes i'm yes, looking yes.
2: for a peter parker and i don't know if he says a but it's like peter parker and ooh, oh oh man like <sighs> uh, did,
0: at what point did you guys notice that it was andrew garfield first was it the moment he turned around or did you just like jump was into like, complete disbelief and say, yes, that's, that's,
3: that's the,
1: I thought, <laughs> you got I thought, I, I think you felt the hype of the <laughs> nerd sweats go up and you're like, oh my God, it's happening. <gasps> and then you hear the huge roar and, um, yeah, was like,
2: come on. I just, I, was like, I yeah. was like, are we in a podcast? And am I on mute? Can he not, like, can he not hear me? Why can't he hear me? Right. Um, right. And and to just have that like the little incredulity like from Andrew Garfield's perspective, where it's like, who are these two people calling to me? Like they know me.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, dude. I I was like like, um, perspective as well though because up like I didn't pick up on it until it's like, dude, why is he so big? Like he's like that's way he's way taller than Tom like (laughs) the big Parker. Um, it would have been like maybe just like two steps before he jumps through the portal. Like, oh,
0: oh really? Like, yeah. Okay. But I got I, um, energy. I,
2: was like, oh. <laughs> I
0: just like, I, I went completely crazy. Like, as soon as he turned around, because cause Andrew Garfield's Spider Man has the biggest highs. So like you know really he's good. got huge mm. eyes so as soon as he turns country. around <laughs> but but i think it's also his physicality like i, I recognize andrew garfield's physicality um <laughs> so as soon as like he's like looking he looks up in the sky first and then he turns around and i I yelled out and i stood up i was
3: like andrew! <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then i think i did something like slam like the barrier in front of me because there's a like, barrier in front of and my the guy behind head. you is like
2: Sit down because, <laughs> no,
0: like, because I stood up and then I looked around. There was honestly about 10 people that stood up as well, like, just <laughs> cheering. Just
3: like, it, was, it was
0: just absolutely nuts. We're a bunch of like losers. <laughs> but um, everyone did that. This is Spider Man's yeah. for
2: everyone, man. Like,
0: Spider Man is Spider-Man's for everyone, everyone yeah. For everyone. So he comes through the portal. He takes off his his mask, and then we obviously have a follow up roaring chair once the mask comes off, and it was just such an unbelievable moment. And then I love the way he is ushered into the scene by by uh, MJ, just completely distrustful to uh, to who this person is. Mm-hmm. Why don't you prove who you are? Like, why don't you prove that you're Spider Man? Mm-hmm. Do do something. And I, I love that that scene that they
2: have together where she's throwing the bread. <laughs> He's like why are you throwing the bread at me?
3: <laughs>
2: uh, I don't have a thing for bread. But that um and and uh, a a character redemption in the eyes of fans for Andrew Garfield and a recognition that what Sony did to him and Jamie Foxx and to the franchise wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't good and it wasn't their fault. And yeah. to have have this thing where for everyone in the audience to immediately be for and with Andrew. And yeah. to yeah. say, hang on, there's now three protagonists to this story.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Like, they, I think they just gave Andrew just the perfect amount of time, the perfect amount of, like, humor. And Garfield with Emma Stone, like, but also particularly Andrew Garfield in his acting, he's very Robert Downey Jr. He's very who he is, and he brings mm-hmm. himself to his performances. And so, yeah. the quick mm-hmm. little banters, the nice little quips that lighthearted, but, like affirming oh man good actor yeah. just a good it's actor.
0: a very very good actor i mean I, I love his style his approach to peter parker he's not my favorite peter parker mm-hmm. and, and I, I realize that he is a favorite amongst a lot of people but there's a there's sort of a few issues that i have with the way he does his character as peter parker and i think me and nathan uh we're talking about this so we kind of agree with how he deals with peter parker and mason party but uh, nonetheless he is a great actor and i love the whole scene of how he gets ushered into into the movie and then from there like ned then um says okay well you're not the real peter parker so let's find the real peter parker and i don't know if you guys noticed like andrew garfield responds to that line when he says look for the real peter parker and he says oh ouch (laughs) 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 it's so so good. good so they get to the real peter parker he he um does the whole um uh portal thing and then sure enough Toby Maguire is standing on the other side oh, of the portal so and he walks real. through and it's just, it's such an unbelievable moment. And it's great that they actually started with Andrew Garfield and then bring in yeah, Toby. He's kind of like the curtain call for that whole thing. It's, <laughs> and he's dressed as a, a, um, youth a cool pastor. youth pastor. <laughs>
2: um, for, for those listeners that don't know, which I'm sure would be most of you, actually a few of my friends are listening. I used to oh, be, yeah. I used to be a youth pastor.
0: All right, so that, they were that, is, that is how i like, definitely paying homage dress. to you. <laughs> That's how youth pastor's is stri- yeah, true. I mean, it's, it's so modern. It's a very modernized uh, piece of script. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's wearing a
1: bomber jacket. He's wearing like a t-shirt. You're a cool youth pastor. Um, yeah. So can I add something in here? So we were going to talk about JJJ, but I want to kind of tie these two moments that we have together. So uh, Toby talks about you know, he goes. Oh, I felt your friend uh, being in trouble, and then Andrew saying, like, you know, one moment. Oh, what was it? Yesterday, I was here, and now I'm. He said something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, they're kind of like, and I was saying this to River before. It kind of feels like they've got this almost like uh, MCU type, Star Wars type force thing happening where they're able to feel each right. other, uh, whatever they're feeling. Which they're doing Spider Verse um, as well. Tie- yeah, 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 yeah. So there's some tie-ins there, and. Is, I don't want to say this. We see Beck mention the. Sorry, he mentions the multiverse in Far From Home. But is then JJJ the first evidence that we see at the end of Far From Home? No. no? Mm-hmm. Is,
2: okay. Like, I think his he equivalent, like, his equivalent MCU energy to what Pete Evans' character was in WandaVision. Right. Of, like, being yeah. representative, similar maybe to the Loki's, of. Mm. Another JJJ in that universe.
0: Yeah. Who just right.
2: seemingly would look the same as the JJJ in their universe.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, like, like, I also. JJ jumped
2: across universes.
0: Yeah. I also thought about this as well as, as the fact that, like, they didn't actually address why JJJ or JJ... <clears throat> JJJ <laughs> appears in the universe because, you know, all the other characters came through because of the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And the spell going wrong. But then for some reason, um, Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson has no real explanation why he's in there. But yeah, I I guess it's coming back to what Nathan was saying, and that's a very good point, is that um, it's the whole Peter Evans slash Quicksilver thing inside WandaVision. They just did it because they can.
3: Mm.
0: Mm. Um, And I think I do appreciate and like that because I don't think the MCU has to explain everything. I don't think they have Mm. to have um exposition on every single character coming through because can, can you imagine how they're going to have to handle that when all the other characters do come through like fantastic four and mm-hmm. x-men i think it's going to be an overload and too much of a broken record for them to be like oh yeah it's by the way we came through because it was the it was the multiverse cracking in uh episode six of loki and it was the it was the spell that went wrong and nowhere home like i think there will be an overload mm-hmm. of um, explanation. So I think I do like the fact that JJJ just slipped in through there, and we have no real explanation. It's very much the same kind of logic that is in WandaVision. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So um, I, I, the second time we watched it, I did realize that um, Toby Maguire's Peter Parker, he he said he, I've seen you guys, you know, he points at MJ and Ned, but I haven't seen you and. And mm. he recognizes MJ and Ned um, because he's, you know, they've both been in this universe for a bit, but they don't actually meet each other or meet Ned and MJ or or Tom Holland's Peter Parker not until this moment when they use the portals, right? So they've been in this universe because he's he's trying to look, he made a point that he's trying to look for Tom Holland because <coughs> mm-hmm. he senses him through his Spidey sense and he has the most experience as Spider-Man. <coughs> but... Um, but yeah, I guess he recognizes MJ and Ned because of all the press that's going on within New York. Um, so it's 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 kind of a crazy moment, and it takes a little bit of a time for us to just calm down our energy after that scene. But then they sort of immediately—I love the fact that Toby says—is um, there a place that he would go to? Something that um, a place that he uses to, and then Andrew Garfield says, "Get away from everything." um mm. those are huge callbacks to their own films which is mm. great we get onto the rooftop scene and tom holland is there by himself um and then mj and ned just console them they i love how they just walk onto the roof and they hug him and then it's, it's such a, i'm getting chills mm. like <laughs> talking about this but it's just such an emotional moment and that's that at that point i'm just like sobbing like crazy i couldn't hold back the tears um not that i wanted to but yeah i was just sobbing like crazy at that point.
2: Um. one little fun moment and again like the three spideys and their relationships i think the dynamics and the time given between each each of them but Mm. particularly between toby and andrew um first first of the many little moments was just mine was empire state and then toby's like Nice view. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, nice view. It's a nice it's a, view. Yeah. A nice
2: view. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and what
0: was um what was Andrew's? The Chrysler Building. Chry-
2: Chrysler, building. Yeah, yeah, Chrysler yeah. building. Oh no, Toby's was Chrysler and then Andrew's. Oh Andrew Toby's Chrysler? And, yeah, yeah, and, and, oh, okay. road, and then and then Andrew. <clears throat> Mine was Empire State and it's like
0: Right, <laughs> yeah, it's great, it's great dynamics, like so they're hugging it out on the roof, and then, um Andrew and Toby are on that, uh, the the highest peak, the silhouettes are amazing, mm. absolutely incredible, like that's that's comic book spread right there,,
3: yeah.
0: um, they jump down, and then I love how Tom Holland reacts to them, like he he senses them immediately, right? Mm. Tom Holland reacts mm. to them, and he stands up, and he says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa stay right there. I love how it wasn't just like, a, oh, yeah, let's hug it out. <laughs> like yeah, I'm meeting right. my, my, my counterparts, not counterparts, but I'm meeting my brothers, yeah. which is what um, Andrew says later in the film. I
2: never um, had brothers before.
0: Yeah, never had brothers before. Yeah, but yeah, yeah.
2: His, firstly, Tom Holland's monologue there, and then MJ saying to Peter, before you dismiss them and press that button, you need to give these guys time to explain themselves. Mm. Because... Like for me, that moment there is like so critical. And what I loved and what I felt was I was like, I could believe this going another way. I was like, it's, it's, it's a Spider-Man movie. So I know it's going to go in mm. the, we're all going to team up and go out and fight the bad guys. But there was a real moment there with Tom Holland where he's like, I've lost Aunt May. You guys have nothing to say to me. You don't understand. And mm. I'm not going to even give you time to think. I was like, I, I totally believe Tom Holland was going to press that button. Yeah, them on their yeah. way. Mm. I am out. I'm done. I quit. Um, yep. Like, oh man, I, that was, that was a, really yeah, it beautiful. Was, and then to have very, people, well like having Andrew and then having Toby both give their stories of loss. Man, Andrew mm. Garfield in that yep. moment, freaking amazing. Toby, um, yeah. freaking amazing.
0: Yep, like, amazing, yeah, <sighs> I love how they still like it, it's 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 a moment where both Andrew and Toby are not, they're not performing to a degree that we have to be super emotional here yeah. because cause it's, yeah. cause it, sin- it signifies that they've moved on from their grief, but anytime they're reminded of their grief, they're going to have a little bit of an emotional moment, which is obviously fair. You know, that's just a very human yeah. reaction, but it's, it's also an underscore of them moving, had they've already moved on from their grief and they're there to support Tom through his grief now.
2: Right? I- Oh, just realized something. Andrew Garfield, sorry, sorry, JC, sorry, JC. <laughs> Andrew Garfield says, "I got vengeful after I lost Gwen, mm. and there is a like that that moment for him is one of I failed and I didn't get my. I, I went to vengeance and I I lost the person I loved, and I didn't. I didn't evolve into the Spider Man I was supposed to be." Like, it, it almost, in many ways, gives the the reason why I, I didn't have a Spider Man 3.
3: Right. <laughs> like, as no, I was not worthy to
2: be Spider Man anymore right. from that moment. Like, yeah. Now's my time to yeah. redeem myself. Yeah. JT, uh, no. please. <laughs> no, no, no. There's nothing. Uh, I think uh,
1: where, like you said, why there wasn't a spot. Well, sorry. Where the original Raimi Spider, Spider- Man 3 failed. And uh, also, the Amazing Spider-Man Two failed was there's there was too much going on, mm. right? He had three villains, yep. and they you know they do that in this one, but they succeed by bringing in the the amount of protagonists to balance it out. Yeah. So, you know,
0: well, I mean, kinda, in in so many ways, No Way Home is like the Spider-Man Three that we always wanted. Um, yeah, and i Ooh. i, I think I think I love the fact that we're able to just neutralize all the fans now because. You know, the Spider-Man community, and this probably also goes um, hand in hand with the MCU community, but I would say primarily for the Spider-Man community, there's such a divide amongst everybody saying that, like, you know, this Spider-Man is better, like, Toby is better, Andrew is better, Tom is better, and, like, I lo- um, there's an interview I saw with Kevin Feige where he said, you know, in an age where we have so much division amongst the fans when it comes to the who's the best Spider-Man, um, it's, it's great to see... That a lot of that is going to be put to rest very very soon. Um, well, he says something along those lines. But um, when we when we're in the film, the film, like both Kevin Feige, Emmy Pascal, and especially um, John Watts, it was there where I was saying, "Hey, look, we're going to validate all these Spider Men." right? We're going to validate Toby. We're going to validate Andrew Mm. by all, uh, by writing a scene where all of them are supporting each other and all of them are giving credit to each Mm. other. Like, you know, when Toby says, you're amazing, you are amazing. You know, he's, he's like, like Toby in, for a lot of people, he is like the goat Spider-Man. And so to have quote unquote, the goat, the goat Spider-Man showing his support and saying you need this this voice that you have in the background you know you need to like block that out right like he, he says that to, to andrew goff and and i love how andrew like he responds to this like and it's very very meta scripting you know he says he says like I thanks man i really need to hear that because you know he knows he knows how the fan community feels about him as spider-man and and um mm. peter parker so yeah, lots of meta-scripting oh, going no. on. Oh, so, his back?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: That's the biggest... I, I think that's actually the biggest meta moment where he talks about his back, right? Because there's, there's, yeah. there's two things happening there. There's the breaking of the fourth wall because he actually um, uh, ruined his... He, he Did he break his spine? No, not oh, break yeah. his spine, but he broke his back during the filming of Seabiscuit. Um, and that was part of the delay. But he also like he has that back problem, and was it Spider Man Two? Yeah. In Spider Man Two, Spider Man Two, yeah, he has that back problem. So, so there's there's two like sort of meta scripting going on there. It's a real life situation of him breaking his back during Sea Biscuit on the horse, and then mm. in Spider Man Two, it
3: was
0: <laughs> fucking amazing.
3: So rude.
0: So well handled. So, like, I, I guess we should probably get into that last half, right? Um, and we start off that last half. Last of three where halves. The last of three halves. Yeah, exactly. We start off, um, that whole last act where they're all on the science lab and they're all working together, um, to try and come up with the cures. And we, yeah, exactly. We get the biggest moment here which is the biggest homage to that whole spider-man meme where all the spider-men are standing across from each other and pointing at each other and we get that in the best way possible it wasn't it wasn't just thrown in there because it wasn't there where like you know john Watts is very clever about this he wasn't going to just throw things in there for no real reason but they had a real reason in regards to the narrative and the script here
2: it was um so does Ned say hey peter yep yeah. oh i mean yeah. spider-man yep yeah. Oh, uh, Peter Parker. No, yeah, good, that, good. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He said yeah, he said well. those lines.
0: You're right. We're all Peter. Warren. And and the pointing isn't so obvious. Like I love how the pointing is just a little bit subtle. They're kind of like, oh, you mean her Or whatever. It's such such a great moment. And our, our cinema obviously went off at that because. You know, and it was only a matter of time until they're going to show us that for sure. What?
1: Yeah, and they didn't have to do that in the suits either. I mean, that would have been nice, but this was still just, I would say, as good. With oh, it's, it's perfect. It's suits.
0: perfect. Yeah. I wouldn't have wrote that scene any differently. I mean, not that I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. But, um.
2: <laughs> and then, oh, and then Ned, Ned's but, little, um, I'm going to become a villain and kill my best friend. <laughs> <son. laughs> yeah I know, I know that's i mean like toby's oh man toby's oh. delivery
0: in that scene like in that little moment between him and ned is so perfect where he like because he's clearly moved on from that but then it's a little bit of a comedic moment where he's
2: like yeah it's it's sad what did he say is it sad or he said, it's, it's, he said it was like um it's very tragic i had a best friend he died in my arms after he tried to kill um, me yeah it's quite tragic
3: Quite tragic, yeah.
0: (laughs) And then Ned's like in disbelief, he's like... What? Um, and you can feel Andrew's like kind of giving him the
2: the, the little bit of a the little uh, nod. He grabs the little little nod. shoulder at the end. Oh yeah, that. Okay. I mean, that's later on. But oh, just like yet. in
0: that in that scene, you don't see Andrew's face, but he puts his hand on him. Um, but yeah, he goes away, and then they they go through all that dialogue, and there's lots of chemistry floating in the room. No pun intended, because it's a science lab. But there's lots <laughs> of chemistry going on, and then and then we kind of end that scene with Ned saying and. Uh, where well, he goes up to Peter Parker and he says, and by the way, I'm not going
3: oh,
0: don't, to, I don't know the lines exactly, so I'm just going to butcher it completely. But he he just says, like, I'm not going to turn into a supervillain and try and kill you.
1: <laughs>
0: and do you think that's that's
1: an address of him not becoming Hobgoblin? In the I MCU? think so. I think
0: that was their way of saying, look, we're not going to just turn this guy into Hobgoblin. Because I think at this, at this point in time, the way that they end his arc, even though it's reset by the end of the film, it would make no sense mm-hmm. that he'll become a villain. No way. Mm. I, There's no. I uh, yeah. I
2: thought know. there was one Easter egg towards Ned becoming a villain too. One was there was a sewing machine with green fabric at his apartment that like his aunt his grandma Lola yeah was um yeah. sewing yeah and the first close up of the apartment is of these knives ceremonial knives hanging on the wall yeah,
3: yeah
0: exactly um,
2: yeah which yeah it could just be like ping paying A little homage, like a little Easter maybe
0: put a bit of homage, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and
2: again, we're going to come to a point now where Ned is no longer Peter's best friend because he doesn't ex- like he doesn't know him. And second to that, one thing that really stri- stuck out at the end of the film was just how much Peter promises very sincerely that he's going to um, come find him, and and Ned's like, "You promise to mm. come find us, like, yeah." And mm. and Peter goes back on that promise. The first thing he does yeah. when he sees them, so. Like, I know mm. you could, you could, you could still see that happen.
0: Exactly, good yeah. enough reason, you know. Well, so like for, from that point, you know, we go over to um, from the science lab to the Peters getting to know each other on the Statue of Liberty. Um, <sighs> Best scene in that, the
2: movie, uh, I think. I, I honestly
0: think, yeah. Like thinking about it more often, and also seeing it for the third time last night, the dialogue between Peter One, Peter Two, Peter Three is absolutely amazing. I loved every every moment of it. It didn't have anything to do with the story itself, but it had everything to do with their interaction, right? It had everything to do with, like, how, how much they're going to be there to support each other. It's, it's sort of like a, um, a foreshadowing, let's say, of how their teamwork becomes teamwork. Because it's not teamwork at the beginning. Like, they're all a mess, and they're just going in different directions, and they have no coordination. Um, but that whole dialogue they have between the three of them, was perfect enough to sort of foreshadow their teamwork later on in the film. I
2: mean, Mm -hmm. they all have, like, one thing they share in common, one thing that's different, and then they all have things that are different. So, like, Andrew and Tom both having webs that they make in a lab. And then then, I think mostly Toby and Tom being the Spider-Man that people love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Tubby
0: and Tubby, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why he's like Peter. That's another very meta meta piece of scripting right there. Is a, he's like Peter, Peter, three. Three. Peter 3.
3: Peter 3. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is so good. Andrew is amazing. I mean, I, I think I love Andrew, Spider Man, Peter Parker more so in this film than, <laughs> oh, than Amazing oh, Spider Man 1 and 2. Um, yeah. But um, <laughs> how do you. How, so does, does that stuff just like. Um, get created and Do you create it in you? And then he's like, what are you trying to... Are you teasing me?
2: (laughs) But there is one point that he creates web from somewhere else at the back of his neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. Uh, I totally... Do they not watch that movie?
0: (laughs) Maybe I blotted certain things out. Yes, for sure. Um, It has been a while. But Tom, man, oh my gosh, like it's funny how it gets almost... It's sort of tippy-toes in that inappropriate world of when, when Tom says... Does it come? Does it just come out of your hands, or is it anywhere else? That it else. <laughs> and I love how they completely just shut down that inappropriate thinking by <laughs> by Toby. Toby responds by saying, just the um, wrist. "Yeah, just a risk." Oh, I can't. And then he says, "I can." Doesn't he say something else? He says something. Else. I think he does say something else and someone's gonna like correct us in the in the comments or whatever um but he does say something else to kind of like completely deflect that whole inappropriate sort of thinking at that point um so that dialogue is is, is incredible I, I love the way they dealt with that and it wasn't it wasn't too it wasn't dragged out it wasn't short it was like perfect in my opinion um <clears throat> And then then finally the villains show up and there's sort of a little bit of a um, a reintroduction of the villains. Um, And then they go off and try and battle on their own, right? They, They sort of do their own thing and they're quickly reminded that they've never actually worked as a team. And so after their first attempt at trying to take down these villains, they're not very successful. They come back and um onto the scaffold and meet up with each other again and think of a new plan and say hey we need to work as a team because we're really terrible at this um and andrew's like yeah, yeah i've never fought, fought with a team before so like I'm, i've always fought by myself and then toby kind of like affirms that as well and then i love how, how tom holland says um i look at i fought with the team i don't want to brag here but i fought with the avengers and then toby's response oh that's amazing what are the Avengers? And then he's like, Like you don't have the Avengers in your universe. Oh man. Is that like a band?
2: Are you in a band? It's like a band. (laughs) Which is,
0: which is to me, that was a direct callback to, uh, the beginning of Endgame when, uh, Mark Ruffalo, incredible Hulk says, says, um, what do you mean? Broke up like a band, like the Beatles. (laughs) So that's, that's a very, very cool moment. Um, where he says that, you know, I, I worked with a battle with the Avengers or fought with the Avengers. And then and then Toby quickly says, he says, how is this helping? <laughs> like and amongst all the the chaos, because, you know, the sand is like revolved around them and like Sandman is trying to like, like keep them in and, and trap them. Um, he's like, how is this helping? He's like, no, no but like, um, let's come up with a plan. And then to- does, is it Tom that initiates the plan first? He says, let's take them out um let's well, oh no, let's focus well, no, on one no, first. and then toby yeah. says yeah we'll, well and then from there we'll go to the next person and then and i don't think actually andrew contributes at that part i think he's just like there as like the bystander so, and just the agreeable guy
2: I th- yeah and i think he um well yeah and and it was it was hard in some of those scenes starting to differentiate who was toby and who was andrew because oh yeah it's a yeah. similar but also quite different hmm. Just some of mm. the movement of those shots, I was like following the story from just, oh, what was Toby's goal in that moment? What was Andrew's goal in that moment? And I'd yeah. recognize which one it was by where they yeah. were.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. it's true. Um, It was very hard to distinguish on the first viewing, but on the third viewing, I could, I could see and I, I, I could also hear the differences. I could hear Toby's voice. I could hear Andrew's voice. Yeah. But it takes a bit off. of time to just really... Um, focus on that, but yeah, yeah, we we have that scene where they all agree and say this is going to be the plan. Let's go, and then they're running down the scaffold oh, plane, man. and then when they jump off, oh my oh, gosh, my yes. my heart sunk, and I was like, I, I, that was the next moment of me crying was because it was pure fan service and like like. Mm fan service is a great thing if it's handled really really well um especially because your target is, is your fans <laughs> um but when they jump off their
2: scaffold Did, holy crap when he says trust your he doesn't say spidey sense does he say trust your peter tingle i was trying to remember if that's what peter says to them or, or that tom uh, says to oh he just says like oh he just work I think together he says... i'll call I'll, I'll make the moves trust your peter tingle or trust your spidey sense I, I like think he says tingle. Just I just think tingle he says tingle. Just says trust your tingle. Trust the tingle. And yeah. My favorite little moment in that jump off scene is when, once they're in the air, um, I think Tom Holland's Peter, flicks the other two with his web and flings them further up. Yes, oh, man, so freaking cool. Oh, God.
0: it's just, um, it's 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 too much. It's it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um when they're swinging everywhere and there's, there's far more like um, synergy amongst all three of them. You just, just feel
2: it, the energy and they, um. you do. And River caught this and, and reminded us of it was that when they land, they land in their classic Spider-Man, I think their first film poses on their, on their DVD. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, you, you said it. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think JC, you yeah. brought it up with me, didn't you?
1: Yeah, just the way they landed was like, oh, it's all the iconic poses, yeah,
0: and it's a very good way to differentiate them. It's so many like homages, so many iconic moments. Um, So they have a great team up and everything, and they eventually cure. All the, all the villains. And then at that point, we haven't even seen Green Goblin. And Green Goblin shows up in the very last moments, like just before, or just after Alfred Melita comes in and saves the day. At, at first I was like, oh, Alfred Molina is like turned back to be a villain. But then mm. but then it's great how they just pay that off by saying, no, he's not a villain. He's a good guy. And mm. and that's very similar to how they deal with him in Spider-Man 2 as well. Yep. So it's, it's kind of perfect. And then they have that moment, Green Goblin shows up, um, i can't remember the line that he says to to peter mm. um, um but you he hear that kind of one line uh, when he when he, uh,
2: when he enters into the scene tight and tight moments between each peter with their classic villains as well
3: mm.
0: uh,
2: both in their yes. fights and in those villains transformation back to human yeah um, they yes. get really nice little pivotal moments with each of those one thing which we didn't even talk about was when Alfred after a gets transferred back back in the condo back to being himself was his immediate regret for his wife. And I I really love that. Like that was the first thing he he thought of was like my wife. True. What did I do? And Mm, yeah. Oh so good. But Yeah, it's it's yeah
1: and that goes back to the whole, you know, Marvel villains, like something has forced them to come become the,
2: the way yep. they are. Mm. You know, like it's broke scary unreal, right? Like and so yeah. <laughs> Man, you gotta be careful where you fall. <laughs> 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 oh man, that was
0: such a funny moment. Jamie Fox is amazing. I wanted to, to see more comedic moments from Jamie Fox.
2: <laughs> well, who knows? We might get him
0: in some previous um, some other Spider Man movies in different universes,
2: whatever. And two points to him and and Doc Ark the arc reactor as perfect mcu-ness just built right. into mm. things that spidey villains would just gravitate towards
0: exactly like power mm. of the sun
2: in my hand and yeah. like electro is unlimited energy like oh
0: i know it's mm. yeah it's a very very good use of like tony stark tech and um and still keeping tony stark's presence alive throughout the mcu mm. But um, <clears throat> they go through that whole scene and then, um, like, the, let's just jump straight to that that fight, that last fight between Gob- Goblin and Spider-Man. Like, that was pretty much the same kind of darkness that we had in the first Spider-Man movie. Mm. I don't know if you guys can vividly yeah. remember that, but, you know, P- Peter Parker, like, T- Toby and and Willem Dafoe, they fight it out right at the end and it's pretty damn brutal all those punches are pretty much identical to what we see in no way home yeah um except it's yeah. way more in my opinion oh, it's, it's like
3: so when
0: he's like standing there and he's just like jab after jab after jab i'm like oh my gosh i've never seen peter parker so dark before
2: he slams down when he like shoots web at his foot holds him down knees him in the face like
0: oh my mm-hmm. gosh it's super brutal
2: and could i uh, say because there is a classic super spider-man movie um uh, trope that happens in every movie that I do not think happened in this one. That's happened in all the home series so, so far, Andrew and Toby series is there's a Spider-Man standing in front of an American flag. And I right. think they dropped that in this. And I think what they replaced it with was Peter was the shield beating down on him on the, sh- yeah, yeah. Just right. on the shield, on, mm, on yeah. an upside down caps shield, like almost like yeah. a, a facing Liberty, and what peter stands for in that moment and i think yeah. that was very symbolic for him to have that final last moment with green goblin on that shield that's um, yeah that's that's a very good point
0: i also um like think it's it's somewhat symbolic to um how like cap i mean I, I i don't know about this but um like cap is 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 that leader that peter parker can remember but um now that the shield is on its back and he's and they're fighting on that shield it's it's probably almost like a um, a disconnection or like a, a point of peter parker not reminding himself that mm. cap and the heroes stand for something greater
3: mm, and bigger, and yeah. him and him yeah.
0: standing on that sheer shield means that he's he's kind of like disowning that or disrespecting that because mm. he's just he's oblivious all he really wants mm. is just that revenge and then i love how all of that is kind of put to rest and we don't see Peter Parker, Tom Holland, P- Peter, Peter one go into that abyss of evilness because it saved. the like Toby's the one that comes in and saves the day. Stop. Saying, yeah. Mm. um it's the pastor. He's, the, he's, the pa- he's literally the pastor. Like <laughs> <laughs> when he, he comes in.
2: <laughs> uh, I had a, I had a time when my web didn't work. It was more of like a mild, what was it? Uh, Moral dilemma? Oh, no, you know? no. He
0: says, he says like existential crisis.
2: Existential crisis. <laughs> I was like, he's, 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 he's 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 actually he is. He did pastor. sound like a youth in this whole movie, and I wouldn't know. But yeah. But um, with like, yeah, I think with Tom, and I think with Tom losing Aunt May to Green Goblin, you do mm. really feel that sense that oh man, like he's he's like more Tom Holland's Peter's villain than he is Toby's. Mm. And I do love that Toby's Mm. really rectified his relationship with Green Goblin and Norman Yeah, with that sense that I've just wanted to save him. And I've been thinking about it for so many years and I've wanted to crack the formula to, to, to turn him back to human. And I do love that. That's that, that responsibility does come back to Toby. And that's, that's sick. He's like, yeah, I kill him. My job's to save him. What is it? Kick some ass? No. Cure some ass. Cure Cure some ass.
0: Yeah. And then and then Ned says, Cure that ass. Yeah, <laughs> oh man. And then and then so that whole scene is really incredible. And then like the last the last piece of the puzzle, um, to finish off this narrative, I mean, apart from like the very ending, but to finish off this chunk of a narrative, um, Spider-Man or Peter One makes the ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice is he goes to to, to Strange and he says, um, why don't we just go to that first spell just get everybody to forget about me and then he has I don't know if you guys remember but he has a moment where he has to pause and then he says yes forget like he says forget he pauses for a while and he says me and then strange realizes that this guy is serious he's he's willing to make the super sacrifice so every everything can go back to normal to and it's almost kind of that yeah going back to that typical formula of like the hero saving the world. Yep. I mean, but the world is really just New York at this point, <laughs> but it's, it's the world for Peter Parker. Cause this is his home. Right. And all he really wants to do is just to go home, whether that's like a met- metaphor for him or physically go home. But it's it, in this case is more kind of the metaphor, right? Um, that's like- pretty much like the end of this whole narrative is that he's
2: coming to a point where he needs to make this ultimate sacrifice. mm. mm. What are you going to say, name? I was just thinking of Captain America and Iron Man on um on the airship. Uh, You're not know mm. the guy to make the sacrifice. Mm. Oh yeah, to, to yeah, lay yeah, down your life and let the other guy walk all over you it was like. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not the one to that. walk on the line or something. And then he says, "Um, I, I'd cut the line or something." I'd like cut that. the line,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, like I'm I'm really thankful actually for like the statue of the video, which we've been like speculating about in Hawkeye. Mm. Um, oh yeah, to have no. Cap Shield on that. I really appreciate that because I think we've seen – and in Spidey's, Spidey's world of the MCU, we see a lot of the Iron Man legacy, Iron Man legacy, Iron Man mm. legacy. It's cool to see, like, mm. yeah, this is how – like, you have Rogers the musical and you have Cap yep. shield on Liberty. Mm. Like, those are starting yep. to be the Cap's legacy, Cap's legacy.
0: Yeah. Like, well, well, here's the way I actually see it, though, is, is that because – um like far from home or homecoming especially far from home far from home was about the world dealing with the fact that their heroes made an ultimate sacrifice right and Mm. and some of the heroes perish so they're, they're going through that whole grief period in far from home um and seeing tony stark around like whether it's like memorabilia for graffiti or like his pictures or videos of him um like Tom Holland is not very proud like he's not very proud of it. He's very he's very intimidated by the fact that t- Tony is everywhere because he lost Tony. Mm-hmm. so he's still trying to get over that in that film. Whereas in this one, the we we see that the world is coming full circle where then now it's all about exaltation for the heroes. Now it's about mm-hmm. being proud of what the heroes have accomplished in the past, right? and it, yeah, it's more about that kind of exalting the heroes and less about them being so sad about the hero sacrificing so i think that's great i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's awesome that we get to um um do this and and see that kind of ending to it um uh i realize that nate has to has to roll off but um nate do you want to just um because <laughs> nate's gonna go to a wedding, <laughs> to a wedding. um Go to a wedding, yeah. Tell them that you have priorities. That you have yep. MCU priorities. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure do you want a to... wedding for me? <laughs> Put the hold of the oh. wedding that is not even my wedding. Um, do you want to just give some of your last thoughts before you quickly whip off? Because we're we going still got a, just a yeah, tiny bit. Me feel free and JC can cracking
2: about. I'll look forward to listening to it on legit cool podcast. Oh, legit cool. That's um... the one. I said. Yeah, <laughs> is there like last thoughts that you have on this film? Like, what would you rank thoughts, on... it? Oh man, I I um... My quick one is I did my data collection 95% off my, uh, my little seven-point ranking, yeah. which you can hear about yeah. in our last podcast. Um, I, I, I thought I'd just leave with one line, and it's not my favorite line in it, but I did love it. Um, you know, you're, you're from Queens. You're poor. Man, I, ju- <laughs> I, just, I just thought you'd be black, you know? But I'm <laughs> sure there's a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. Yeah, that everybody was <laughs> yelling <laughs> at Miles Morales
0: yeah. at that point. Oh. Uh, oh man, very very so
2: cool. good. Um, super hype, guys. So good to do this cast. So keen for more watches, uh, watch throughs of this, and uh, I'm really uh, we'll bring you back you for continue. more. Don't
0: worry, we will bring you back for Woo! more.
2: Uh,
0: um, Cheers. Where, 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 where can everybody find you as well?
2: You guys can find me. I'm, I really only um, jump along on Instagram. I'm at NPSami, S-A-M-I. Uh s a m i. I just do a lot of little stories about my life, and it's mostly food, coffee, and now a lot of mcu stuff so (laughs) a lot of love see you jc see you river thanks bro take it easy boys bye bye bye
0: um yeah i mean mean, getting to these last parts of the review jc um Mm. the we we do finish off the story like i said before we do finish off the story with peter going to the knees of of dr strange and saying hey let me make the sacrifice he makes a sacrifice, mm. and like I love when he goes back to MJ and Ned, and it's like sort of the final goodbyes. Um, mm. Those final goodbyes were another moment for me to come back to, like, "Oh, really? I just finished crying before. We're we gonna cry now again." Um, mm. And that was really initiated when I see Ned cry. Ned's Ned's performance in this scene is is definitely the best that I've seen Ned, just in terms of like how he did, mm. his emotions and and that. Um, connection that he has with uh, Spidey 1, Peter Parker 1. Yeah, it's a very, very deep, deep moment. And it was long enough for us to say goodbye, but it wasn't dragged out, I don't think.
1: Yeah, they had to give that sense of urgency when he goes, go and say goodbyes. And you know it's it's hard to say goodbye to someone that you know you may not see every game, but he knew, well, maybe not see, but he knew that they weren't going to remember him. So... It's kinda of like where do you find that balance with saying your last goodbyes in, and living up in that moment? Do you spend ten minutes? Do you spend an hour? And he didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So he had to just take what he what he could and, and ran yeah, with. Yeah,
0: there's it. there's some urgency, I suppose, there as well. It's like the time is ticking, we need to make this choice now. We need you to say goodbye very quick. But it was it was enough time for us to spend with him and it was perfect. If we spent mm-hmm. a little bit longer with them, it probably would have just um, willowed too much and you know the emotion yeah. probably would have been taken away, but it was perfect. And MJ is just uh, this is the best MJ we've seen. I mean, I think it's the best yeah. MJ in the entire like multiverse. <laughs> My um, Zendaya is just incredible, incredible. We've never seen her emotional. By the way, you know we've never mm. ever seen her that emotional before because she doesn't show emotion that way. Um, she shows it in a slightly different way, but she's she's usually very stoic and and very dry mm. in her sense of humor. And to see mm. her come full circle to this point where she loves tom holland so much and also in real life by the way they're real life partners that that also helps like with their chemistry um to see that come full circle and her in complete tears and she still manages to squeak in some comedic lines you know she says um because if you don't come find me you know i'll still figure out i've done it before (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, i love how that the, those comedic minds are still squeezed in there, but it doesn't take away from the emotion.
1: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean this concept of uh not to take away from this moment, but this concept has been done before. And uh the first one that comes to mind is uh, I think there's a scene out of Buffy as in the vampire slayer. Um oh, Buffy and the Vampire this, Slayer. <laughs> yeah, like there's one of the episodes where uh her and uh Angel fall in love and I think I can't remember exactly what happens, but they have to forget. They forget everything that happened between them for, I think one of them to get saved. Right. And like, you feel that that was a very heavy episode. And I felt that same feeling that I had uh, when they go through this with in Spider-Man. It's like, Oh, they're going through that. And it's like, you feel that heaviness, like, Everything that you've shared with someone, whether your friend or your, your, your lover, your girlfriend, or boyfriend, mm. you're like, that's just going to disappear. And like, what is the weight of that? How is that going to make you feel knowing that everything you've shared up to this point, whether it was like a day or a year or a decade, right. like, it's just gone on so yeah there's definitely weight behind that
0: yeah it's so much and i mean uh, <laughs> like by the time it gets to the end of that scene where they're saying goodbye like um i was ready to just like okay cool enough emotion can we just like <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. want to cry anymore move let's, let's move on and it's great like yeah. we, we move on he says the goodbyes and everything and then like um his spell um what, what it like expands and dissipates across the entire city or Presumably the world, I, guess, I suppose. What well, is the world? Um, and everyone's forgotten mm. at that point. And then we we transition into um, a new day, I suppose. Well, it was actually not a new day. It's almost like a it's couple of months. New yeah, a couple of months have yeah. passed, and we're in Christmas time, which is mm. very key because this is right at the time when Hawkeye takes place. Um, mm. It's Christmas time, and um, he's trying. He goes back to MJ's um, job. Uh, the cafe, the mm. it's cafe, right? Yeah, yeah. goes goes back yep. to the cafe, and and he's he's sort of written down his piece of script that he's ready to announce or to um, reconnect and remind them of who he is. Yeah. And and I love how they they don't even they don't even like attempt to get Tom Holland to um, try and convince him that he's someone that he's that they've known in the past. Um, I just I love how this whole scene is constructed because it's um, it's. It's kind of like the the real goodbye I think, you know, the we do yeah. have the goodbye in that moment that we just mentioned, but I feel like this cafe scene was the real goodbye because mm. we we see that Tom, like he, he's I don't know if you noticed, but he has some tears in that last yeah. moment when he's interacting with them. He has those tears, yeah. but the tears don't completely flow, and I think that Ooh, was yeah. a, a a sign For us as viewers, and also for obviously Peter himself, that he's ready to move on. Right. Mm. And that's that it's key for them to for him to know that and for us to know that as audience member, because seasons have passed, months have passed, and he's managed to just process and deal with all of that in the last few months. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I feel like this was the real goodbye to MJ and Ned. Well, it was mainly to MJ because he doesn't really go up to Ned at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's that weight where he, he found it hard enough to, to deal with MJ and also to have to do it with Ned mm-hmm. as well would have uh, worn heavily. But just talking about how you said how he was rehearsing his lines, yeah. I don't know if it's a direct callback, but notice how when he was going to the MIT Chancellor that she goes, You didn't rehearse that, did uh, you? Uh,
0: that's a good that's a very good observation.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah it probably is. It probably on, yeah. is
0: like paying off that little scene that he has with the um mit lady yeah for sure
3: yeah it's the first time like he writes so, his
0: lines down but he's also like very nervous about this you know how how, how would you behave in the situation where you have to go back to the love of your life and declare that hey i'm actually your boyfriend
1: <laughs> like how do you even do that yeah and
0: and like reminding them of
1: everything you've been through and you know not losing your yeah. shit because you know that would be that tough.
0: would be tough so that the whole scene was dealt really well and then i love how we go from that and he takes the coffee cup and he uses he keeps that as a piece of memorabilia in memory of uh, yes of mj because um you know i guess as far as he's concerned mj's dead (laughs) you know he's he's had to kind of like let that go
1: now i think he's got that level of i don't want to say freedom but now he doesn't have to worry about his enemies finding MJ down because there's no ties in. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know him. Yeah. Um, but it's tough, you know? So, and that's why, like, you know, when you look at the title, No Way Home, there's no way for him to go back. He literally has no home. Mm-hmm. He starts a new life, new apartment. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, and I don't know, because it's not really fleshed out in the movie, but in uh, in the game, in the Insomniac game, I'm pretty sure you have your apartment and you start off in your apartment. right all the time. So there is another there is a small other uh type callback to the game cuz uh when Aunt May's working at the um the shelter, mm. that same shelter is in the game. Right. Feast. So hey, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure
0: I'm, like the, I think the whole apartment thing is really just a callback to most of those uh Spider-Man movies from um the Sam Raimi mm. Remember like um in Spider-Man 2, he has his apartment and um Uh, he's always, like, late on rent and everything. Um, So, you know, he's he's sort of growing up in Spider-Man 2 and he's got his own apartment. Um, So I Mm. think this is kind of the leap for Tom Hodden's Spider-Man is that he's it's sort of catching up to that timeline of when we see Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2. Um, Yeah, yeah. But it's it's such a great way for us to um, develop into a new chapter of his life because he's now an adult. Well, he's not really an adult, but, you know, he's, like, early adult. Um, And he's overcome so many things already. And he's ready to just Mm. take on the world by himself. And he's literally by himself. Mm. He's lost. He's stripped back of everything that he's so comfortable with. Stripped back Mm. of no more friends, no more family. Literally no more like um, Avengers. The Avengers only Mm. know Spider-Man. They don't know Peter Parker. Um, Parker, And that's huge. That's a great leap. But that leap is so well earned, because of everything that he's been through, and and they 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 take they also take a massive leap into giving us that traditional Spider-Man, where he doesn't have tech, he doesn't have um, the support of role models in, in terms of like how he becomes mm-hmm. Spider-Man, like he's. Um, you know, and all his gadgets and everything, everything he has to build from himself. That's the quintessential Spider-Man story. He builds everything by himself. Yeah. And now we're at that yeah. point. hes He is the Spider-Man that everybody knows loves I mean. from the comics. Um, yeah. And, you know, even even down to him creating his own costume.
1: You know, costume, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's huge, man. I, and I didn't actually real I didn't expect this at all. I didn't anticipate that they were going to go back to a point where they, where they can show the Peter Parker that people are familiar with. He's the one that creates his
1: own costume. Well, I think you you might agree with this and and say that this trilogy really serves as his origin story. It's his his maturity of Peter Parker becoming a man. You know, so now he's got, he can stand on his own two feet, hence the no way home. Um, And and it'll be interesting to see where they take the next trilogy. Um, Like, you know, they've talked about a Spider-Man trilogy. They haven't necessarily said Peter Parker. Well, Sorry. no, the,
0: um, Amy Pascal said um, in the interview that we plan on doing three more movies with Tom Holland and Marvel Studios. Mm. What those three movies are, we don't know. Could be Spider-Man trilogy, could be something else. I mean, but, you know, this this could be like five years from now. This could be like,
2: uh, mm. it could be
0: a long time until we see more Spider-Man movies. And I think rightly mm. so, it should be. Give the guy a break, man. He's, he's worked his ass off for this trilogy he has done so damn well and this is like the best that we've ever seen tom holland perform as these as these characters it's
1: well they got uncharted
0: coming out next as
1: well but
0: uh, (laughs) hey good or bad let's just go see it let's go show our support yeah yeah, yeah. you know (laughs) let's um let's just root for him anything that he does between now and whatever other mcu projects he gets thrown into Go support his mm. other films i mean it doesn't look great i've never played the great the games for uncharted but
1: um right.
0: it doesn't look amazing the trailer looks like uh, not the games
1: amazing. the games are probably uh i think it's i wouldn't say it's the greatest series but it's definitely one of the more enjoyable games that have come out over the last like 20 right, years okay. um it does that whole Tim Raider kind of Indiana Jones type, type vibe, but it also has the the, w- the wittiness and banter between the two main characters, which Indiana Jones never really had. But you have uh, Nathan Drake, who's just a smart-ass, and his sidekick, Sully, right. and they just bantering the whole time as they go on these amazing, like, quests. Okay. So,
0: I mean, it sounds um, like a good play- It sounds like an adventure that I'll, I'll definitely be keen to see. I love seeing, like, adventure-esque movies, you know. I, I enjoyed my time with... Um, what do you call it? Welcome, not welcome to the jungle. Uh, Jumanji. Like I enjoyed Jumanji.
1: Right. It's, it's, I knew it's, I knew you were going to say something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's, it's
0: it's not a great movie, but I still had a good time. Like every everything is very very fun, very light. Um, yeah. But you know, not movies that I can always watch.
1: <laughs> no, no. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see their adaptation. But if you ever do play a game, I, I cannot uh, down like Uncharted Two. Arguably is probably one of the better best games uh adventure and action wise okay. it's just the amount of action that that is in that game is just insane like you feel like you're in an actual movie like an action movie right. and from start to finish um uh,
0: okay so yeah maybe maybe uh, one day, <laughs> one day. One day. <laughs> um, um should, we, should we just go through some of these easter eggs and we'll um sort sure. of wrap it up i i do want to wrap it up with talking a little bit about uh the connection between this time the end of spider-man no way home and hawkeye mm. um and i also want to talk just a tad bit about the timeline and my thoughts on how um the time the branches work now in the multiverse now that everything is kind of like even more chaotic after even more so from Loki episode six and after this movie um but i just want mm. to quick, quickly go through this list of easter eggs that i have here all right you ready for this okay yep okay so the first one is the most obvious one which is the steve rogers musical that's in the background um we also yep. spoke about that at the beginning of the cast um uh there's also the roosevelt island tram do you remember do you remember in the first spider-man movie the sam raimi one green goblin's on top of the roosevelt tram and then there's a guy like on the bridge or something the guy yells out, like you pick on like kids or something like that and you um and everybody's like throwing stuff at the goblin because he's not on top of the Roosevelt tram. Uh,
1: well, that, well that Roosevelt yes. tram
0: is is also in the scene right in the beginning of the film when Tom Holland right. was singing through the city. Okay. I missed that yeah. one. Yeah that, that's a bit of a nerdy okay. nugget that one. <laughs> um yeah, but it's also like one. at that point we haven't actually opened up the multiverse, so it's it's merely just like an Easter egg, I suppose. Uh, more mm. than anything um the tv reporter that seems to be an obvious one it's the same tv reporter that we've had throughout the mcu throughout Grant. Oh, yeah. yeah no no no, no not bitty grant um the the proper news reporter the new york something
1: rather news oh um yeah okay i don't remember the name yeah I, I can't
0: remember that. his real name but he's he's pretty much in all the um not all of them but most of the mcu stuff he's also in daredevil um is he in daredevil no sorry he's in hawkeye He's in Hawkeye as, like, the reporter in the TV. Mm. Um, And then we've also got the, obviously, damage control. Um, but I what I like to say about this hysteria is that it's sort of the replacement for the Sokovia Accords. Um, mm. There's the I Survived New York, um, which is the teacher that he wears in Homecoming. We've got Happy's photo, by the way, you know, when when Happy gets reported as yeah oh, oh, yeah That yeah. photo is actually said, a um, flashback from... Um, him Herman Iron Man three. Right. Remember, remember, in Iron Man three, there's a flashback to the 80s, and Happy Hogan is also still like you know because Happy Hogan has been the assistant. Right. For Iron Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. everybody looks deliberately like they're in the 80s when it comes to their haircuts, and that's the haircut that he has in that flashback scene. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's Iron Man three. And he looked very. Uh, he
1: looked very pulp fiction. Very well, very pulp fiction. Um, yeah. But that's
0: that's the haircut that he has in the 80s uh, for iron man three. Um, also another iron man three, um, callback is that, um, do you remember when he's all beaten up? Um, um, happy Hogan and he's in the hospital chair, no the hospital, he's in the hospital bed. Um, and he's, he's sitting there and he's, he's getting consoled by the nurse. And then he says, oh, hmm. move out of the, move it away. He's watching downtown Abbey <laughs> on the screen. Oh, yeah. And okay. when we're in happy Hogan's apartment in this movie, We've got posters of Downton Abbey as well in this apartment. It's, okay, Mr. that. a huge okay. Downton Abbey fan, as we know from Iron Man 3. Okay. Um, this is also the first confirmation that he got bitten by a spider. don't know if he picked up on that one. Um, in the Homecoming trilogy, we have never known how he has these abilities. They never mention it at all. And when he has the phone call or the FaceTime with, uh, yeah. with MJ... He, he says, yeah. the first time I got bitten by that spider, this is the first confirmation that he's been bitten by a spider. Ah, yeah. okay. Um, we've also got do a flip. I think um, most people picked up on that. Do a flip! Yeah. I was waiting for him to go, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, we also got the Steve Ditko graffiti. That's, um, graffiti, we see that yep. on the truck. We also see that on the roof. Um, yep. And uh, on the school roof. Um, we got the Death Star Easter egg as well, so that Death Star uh, gets gets um, destroyed again by.
1: So okay,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah Sorry, was it by dummy? By dummy. By yeah, dummy. dummy yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. So I realized now after looking later because it was I saw a, a post about what's coming out next year for Star Wars. Yeah. The 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 Easter egg there is that you have um, Palpatine right in Lego form. Right. The Skywalker saga for Lego is coming out next year. It's been. Being supposed to be coming out for a okay. while but that whole game is supposed to be coming out next year so that's like a i don't know easter egg or a callback right, to that coming right, out
0: right. Oh, okay yeah
1: um and you could say that ties in with yeah, like a disney promo, well. you know but, yeah, <laughs> disney, yeah. um
0: and then the last easter egg is like a band you know um, did you guys uh like were, were you in the avengers like kind of like a band and you know that's a little bit more yeah. like, well, back to the infinity war line from uh, bruce banner um, and that's kind of all the easteries they have at the moment. Um, well, I what? mean, there's, hey. there's more than there, that. There Come is on. more, but I don't want to go through all of them. I mean, there's, there's also uh... like the Christmas tree that we see at the end. I'm pretty sure that's the same Christmas tree that's in Hawkeye. Um, you know, when he's swinging through the city in the very, very last shot of Spider-Man. Um, that Christmas tree that he's going past, there's the ice rink below the Christmas tree. Yes. I'm pretty sure yep. that's the exact location of Hawkeye. Poor guy,
1: yeah, gonna see in episode six. so you had the flashpoint Flashpoint reference, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna include the
0: DC stuff, like, I mean, they're all cool little Uh, Easter eggs, but um, this is kind of a bit of a bully tactic for Marvel Studios. They're probably just saying, Hey, look, we're so good and we're so powerful at our stuff that um, we can even just reference your shit in our, our know, yeah. Um,
1: there was, um, from my understanding, that was the first time we ever heard. MJ's full name. That is right? the first
0: time we've ever heard her full name, yeah. So Michelle, Michelle, Michelle Jones Watson. Jones- well, she doesn't Watson. use a Watson. I wonder what the Watson comes from though. Or crossover with Sherlock? <laughs> um, <laughs> That'd be weird. That'd be very, um, very weird. Yeah, I mean there's there's honestly so many issues, but I want to like mention all of them. <laughs> Do you have any more issues Do you want think, to make
1: them I think I think the only one, or oh, it's not really the Easter egg, but it's just, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Oh no, that was an album. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Because that's, um, that's the, is that the beginning of Spider-Man? He's like, he's on the steps and he meets, does, is that the first time he meets Peter Parker? I can't, I can't remember.
1: They meet, yeah, where they, where they're talking. To, yeah. And then it's, he's it's Peter, himself. And Peter he's, and James
0: Franco. They're on the staircase. And then he says, yeah, well, I'm something of a bit of a, he actually delivered that line exactly the same. Except, obviously, more yeah.
1: mature, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I wonder if it was that tactic to, to, to fool Peter, you know, this the MCU Peter, into the same thing, it's like, oh, you know? Yeah. No, but I think um, this is, like, I, you know,
0: genuine, like, hey, I, I can help out, and I'm a bit of a scientist.
1: Yeah, I don't know, because, you know, you, you have a Goblin hiding underneath, so I'm like, that sounds really sinister, the way he said it, um, but... The I think the only other thing we were talking about was the um the uh the silhouettes, um yeah the poses and stuff. I mean those are all just like calm No they? no sorry the um the multi breast silhouettes. How we oh, had like Craven yeah. the Hunter, Craving the Hunter, Rhino, Rhino. Um, um, I yeah. thought it was
0: scorpion that's in the background, but apparently it's not it's a. It might, yeah I mean it, I mean Nathan was saying that it's probably lizard. Um
1: yeah
0: yeah. I, but I don't know. I mean, this like once the DVD comes out, once the Blu-ray comes, or you know, once it um, jumps onto Disney Plus, we can we can mm. pause it frame for frame and see what other characters we can see there. And no doubt, mm. knowing Kevin Feige and his team, they will throw in whatever they want in in those. Uh, um, and the branches, the multiverse branches. They'll throw them there just mm. for the sake of it. They'll be like, yeah, we threw in Wolverine, and we threw in uh, Juggernaut, and, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, like, if they wanted to, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we can pick out some of those silhouettes that might be iconic to, like, X-Men or Fantastic Four.
1: I think, I think when we talk, you were saying before about the biggest gut punch. Like, I think the scene where... Um, You know, he says goodbye to everyone. I think that that's quite heavy, and obviously Aunt May is quite heavy. Mm. Actually, for me, is when when Garfield saves MJ. Just the callback for him not saving Gwen. That, for me, I was like, oh, shit, like, he saved her. Yeah, we actually didn't talk
0: about that moment. Yeah, the payoffs for Andrew Garfield.
1: Yeah, pretty. pretty Yeah, so I felt really happy that Garfield got so much more redemption in this um, than anything else, you know what I mean? So... It's yeah, because very... like you know, everyone, everyone, everyone does not, uh, sorry, speak highly of the Amazing Spider-Man until I saw it, and I'm like, you know what? I actually liked it. Like, why is everyone? I can understand why it's not their favorite, but it still has its merits. And uh, you know, I felt happy that he was able to get that screen time and redemption um, and acknowledgement. Yeah, you know, so yeah,
0: I, I do like the first Amazing Spider-Man. I don't really like Amazing Spider Man two. <laughs> um, like, that okay, I can understand. Yeah, but um, I mean, I still like Andrew Garfield. Though I think he plays a good Peter Parker. He plays a good Spider Man. He's not my favorite um, Peter Parker and mm. Spider Man, um, but yeah, I, I do still like him. And it's it's kind of the three actors that I can't see anybody else filling. You know, um, yeah, Tom Holland just kind of takes the cake for me. I love Toby. But, Mm. um, Tom Holland for me is the number one Spider-Man. Um, and a lot of people might say Mm. that, you know, the Spidey versus is is so much better and blah, blah, blah. And all the other Peter Parker's in there are better, but mm, I beg to Mm. differ. Um, but, but I'm Mm. also, I'm also more geared and defaulted towards movies and the medium of movies rather than, um, uh, animation and, and cartoons and and things like that. Um, Mm. so, I just want to quickly talk about the timeline thing, so the branches, uh, where we're sort of sitting at right now. So we're currently in 2024. We've caught up, well, Spider-Man has caught up to um, the Hawkeye series. Um, there's okay. a deliberate um, avoidance, actually. You know, when when Tom is at the grave, at um, May's grave, there's an avoidance. Yes. Um, there's a flower that sits in front of the year that she died. So they clearly yes. deliberately did that because they don't want us to try and piece together that it's probably in the same exact year as uh, Hawkeye. Mm. Or maybe we're surprised. And it's actually like the year later after Hawkeye, I don't know, whatever. I I don't think that's the case because what we see in Hawkeye right now. um, It seems that nothing is or nothing or no one is affected by the fact that the events happened in Spider-Man no way home or like the identity Mm -hmm. has been revealed. Um, Because at that moment when the identity is revealed, we know for a fact that, and this is a spoiler for Hawkeye um, episode five. Um, um, spoiler alert! <laughs> I have reviewed that in previous mm. episode, but um, this is this is a bit of a, a moment to think about when his identity gets revealed. We know that Wilson Fisk knows about this. We know that um, obviously Matt Murdock knows about this as well. But Wilson Fisk knows who Peter Parker is, and mm. right, and mm. so that gets reset because nobody knows who he is now, which is perfect because. Can you imagine if Wilson Fisk knows who Peter Parker is? He's going to hunt him down because he knows that he's a teenager yeah. and he's going to make sure that this yeah. teenager pays for everything. Um, so it's great that we, uh, Peter Parker doesn't have the pressure of the world anymore and the pressure of all these other villains that know who he is. He's now back to mm-hmm. his, uh, room concealing his identity. Um, so yeah, we, we do have to believe that this is within the same month, that Christmas period of uh um tom holland and uh hawkeye um episode five and six so on one hand i'm kind of of this belief that spider-man makes some kind of presence in episode six of hawkeye um because Mm -hmm. it it seems like it would make sense that he would now help out with Mm -hmm. the events because remember he's the street like is this, he's the street yeah. hero. Spider-Man is a street hero. Yeah. And I love that we've brought him back down to the being the street hero. There's so many team ups and comic iterations of Spider-Man, Daredevil. Um, and uh, oh, there's, there's like a list of like street heroes. Right. And they all work together. Um, and I want mm. to see that play out. And maybe we start to just see Spider-Man in TV series rather than movies anymore. Right. Cause he's now back down mm. to the street level. Um so I I'm not I'm not going to be surprised if Spider-Man makes some kind of appearance in Episode Six because, like I said before, I mentioned this to both you and Nathan. It is not coincidental that Hawkeye is is placed Episode Five and Six to sandwich Spider-Man: No Way Home. It is not Spider-Man. coincidental. Yeah, I know. I agree. You know, we found out about Wilson Fisk before we went to see Spider-Man: No Way Home. Um, mm. um, the exception to that is like the people that went to the premiere, obviously didn't get to see Hawkeye episode five, but it's, it's, the point is it's, it's relatively close to each other. It was, it's side by side, but we got to see that. Some, before.
1: some, yeah, I spoke to a couple of people and I said, oh, let's talk about Hawkeye episode five as well. And like I haven't seen that. And I'm like, oh, you better go and watch that then. So, you know, it, it just goes to show that whilst people are invested in Spider-Man, they're not necessarily invested in the whole MCU. Yeah. Um, but to come back to May, I, I, uh, I just uh, looked at her MCU wiki page yeah. and it says date of death fall 2024. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you're but, right. I mean, you it's Wikipedia, wait. though. I
0: mean, <laughs> you, can, you can write no, no, it in no, whatever you want. Um, the, the Marvel Shooters will just be concealing there for whatever like narrative reasons that they want us to believe. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to jump one whole year. Um, just because they can. Like, I don't think it's going to be 2020. And also, this is confirmed by the showrunners themselves, like Jonathan Rhys, um, saying mm. that this is in 2024 for Hawkeye, um, leading into 2025. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we do see Spider-Man show up, even if it's, like, for a moment. Like, he just kind of swings mm. in, or he, like, meets um, Clint Barton, and... Um, And then they have a moment be like, oh, yeah, you're the kid from Civil War. I mean, not the kid, but you're the the Spider-Man from Civil War because he doesn't know who Peter Parker is, right? So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. There there could be something like that. But as as far as the the timeline branches go, um, they've all gone to their own timelines now. They don't actually go back to the original timelines, remember, because that's not how it works. Like, whatever... Whatever story took place in Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, Amazing 1 and 2, those timelines mm. continue, right? They continue mm. to happen in terms of the logic that, that we learned about in Avengers Endgame. And now their destiny mm. is, is a lot different. Now they've got their own branches. They've got their own um, pocket universes and timelines that they go into, which are very different to what their,
2: what mm. their timelines
0: were prior to getting into No Way Home. So that's an mm-hmm. interesting thing, because like whether Sony and Marvel or just Sony on their own decide to do their own um, Spider-Man film, maybe they continue some of the stories that exist within Spider-Man the Raimi universe and, and the Mark Webb universe. If they decide to do that, they'll have to take a completely different direction. But they, they can mm-hmm. do that now because those stories are now kind of irrelevant as far as where the characters are now so that's like toby and um andrew where they are now uh i don't think they're going to bring those actors back because i I think those actors are done because they're also like adults now i think they want to move on but as far as like the villains go in those films they have their own destiny Mm. now their destiny has been debunked let's say Mm. um it's it's very very different now um we kind of have to believe that they do die in those timelines but um the newer variants, you know, the variants of themselves have gone to Mm. different timelines now. Um, Mm. So that's like, that's like super interesting. These branches just get worse and worse and worse. And it makes sense because, um, sorry, it makes sense for Dr. Strange's, uh, second film, the multiverse of madness, which we got to see after the credits. That was an amazing, um, stinger. We get to see a full on trailer of Dr. Strange Two. Um, Yep, um, It makes sense for his movie. Now he has to deal with the madness of multiverse. Like he has to yeah. try and fix this somehow. And it looks like the villain is going to be his evil self, which is a continuity from what if.
1: Mm. The, well, like, you know, it's interesting because he says in the movie, the multiverse is something that we know frightening little yep. about. And, you know, it almost seems like he's going to wonder in the trailer yep. for that, Almost like a subject matter expert, Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't know anything. Yeah, you know. So
0: exactly. I mean, this yeah, there's going to be so much to uncover in that movie, and I'm 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 so amped, and I'm so ready for that. It's like yeah, just don't don't wait till May. Just give it to us now. Give it to us in January. (laughs) I'm ready
1: to to move. (laughs) How are you not going to be busy watching so many other things? We're going to be yeah. There's so much. So, So.
0: we're finishing off the year with uh, Hawkeye. That's the last piece of MCU content, and then we start off the year yep. with—I uh, don't even know what we start off. What, what TV series do we start the year with? Can't even remember. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to like actually look that up. I'll have but to look as well. we know the first movie is going to be Doctor Strange's movie.
1: Yeah, I'm just—I'm not even just thinking MCU. I'm just thinking like Star Wars wise is going to be a lot. Oh out yeah, as well. there's, so, there's like... that too. There's that too. Yeah. So if, if you if you feel like you've got nothing to watch, you're gonna start watching all the Star Wars series. Oh yeah yeah, next, yeah. 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 Next year you're gonna have
0: the book of Boba Fett. You have Obi Wan. Oh Obi Wan next uh, year. Yeah. 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 The right. book of Boba Fett comes Kassin out in... and, um, and you know, end of this month. yeah, like 31st, I guess is probably when it starts. No, no uh,
1: 29th, oh, 29th. So it's like a right, yeah, so it's years. very soon. Yeah, yeah, so and then you yeah, have a lot coming out, so it's great. You're going to be cool. going to be hurt, man. Going to be hurt.
0: Um, yeah. So this this probably gets us to a point where we probably need to wrap this up because uh, we've got yeah. things, to, <laughs> to, to things to to attend to. But, um, yeah. uh, man, I do want to thank you for your time, man. I appreciate getting up so early no, to do man. this podcast. Um, we this this is kind of the true expression of fans when we're willing to get up early hours in the morning to record this because our schedules are all, <laughs> all over the place. <laughs>
1: so yeah it's been fun it's just definitely an experience of podcast at 6 6 a.m and 7 a.m in the morning let's try not to do 6 a.m
0: so, podcasts again in the future yeah <laughs> we'll,
1: let's we'll try and line it up but
0: you know we wanted to get this review I, as soon as possible for everybody to listen to hear our spin on the whole thing and there's definitely a lot of things that we could have covered but i think we covered most of the important things which is uh what we're all about here so um mm. jc where can everybody find you
1: uh, you can find me on instagram at jc.me so j a s e y.me i probably do not post as much nerdy stuff as uh, some others do but uh, yeah that you probably find a lot of my uh, dance classes on there because i'm a dance teacher
0: if you yeah if you want to if you're in dance sydney teacher. or you're a local in sydney then and you want to learn some dancing you definitely need to get a learn from this guy here definitely need to do (laughs) that um and thank you for everybody for listening today if it's your first time thank you for jumping in and a big welcome to you um you can find me on social media as well at legit cool podcast on facebook legit cool uh, movie reviews and uh make sure you hit the follow and the notification button so you know when the next one drops i will see you guys in the next episode bye (laughs) Peace. Peace hey guys thank you again for jumping in on my podcast legit cool if you'd like to hear more mcu content from myself jc and nathan feel free to hit me up on my dms on instagram at legit cool podcast love to hear your ideas love to hear your thoughts and yeah just feel free to hit me up don't be shy we'll see you guys again in the next episode